If you're law enforcement, stop and listen to me right now. If you're a police department that does not have an LPR system, Insight is offering the first 10 agencies, that means one agency apiece, gets one camera for free. You have to tell them that two cops, one donut sent you. You heard me right. If you're a police agency that does not have an LPR system yet, or does have an LPR system, and you're not happy with the product you have, Insight is offering you a free camera. No strings attached, and they will install it. I have 10 to give out. Tell them two cops, one donut sent you, or reach out to me, and I will get you in contact. If you're a business owner or an HOA, please stop and listen to me right now. If you're just listening to the audio, do yourself a favor and watch the YouTube version of this episode to get a visual of what I'm about to tell you. I want to tell you guys about Insight LPR. It's a license plate reader. If your agency, community, or business is looking to invest in LPR to help solve and deter crime or to make your community safer, Insight LPR has my vote of confidence. I've met with their team. They know their LPRs, guys. Uh, They're the real deal. They bring over 75 years of collective experience to building LPR cameras and the software that supports communities across the country. The other thing I really like about this team is how much they listen to law enforcement. They understand the importance of working together with law enforcement and getting their input as they build and innovate products and their service to match the needs of law enforcement. In other words, when I complain or have suggestions to make their damn camera better, they actually do it. The Insight LPR team is extremely passionate and takes pride in their product development, which makes their cameras some of the most durable cameras in the market. For the gear nerds out there with that means is this stuff's made of military grade aluminum and is nitrogen purged, whatever that means. This design makes the cameras rugged and able to withstand harsh weather elements. Here's the big selling point for me. Their nighttime scan accuracy is higher than most of the leading competitors. In my opinion, this is what sets them apart. As we know, the majority of crimes occur at night, so it's critical to have high scan accuracy at night. Insights cameras check the box with the nighttime plate read accuracy greater than 96%. 96% guys, that's pretty freaking high. If your community is looking to invest in LPR technology, reach out to one of their experts today or reach out to me. Tell them Two Cops, One Donut sent you. Coming up next on Two Cops, One Donut. I finally reached the beats I'm at now Mm -hmm. and through answering calls on my beat, I meet Tony who is getting called on because he's sleeping on the sides of buildings and in a tarp and stuff like that. Refusing to leave, which they, they never, never went talk, to talk they to. They never went to talk to him yeah. to begin with, but it's all right. He got us out there. I get it. Yeah, so, because because well, if the, yeah because if the store owner tells them to leave, they and they do, there's no nine one one call. What are you calling for? Yeah. Oh, a guy was on my property. I asked him to leave, and they left. There's no offense. But if that business owner calls and says, "Hey, this person's refusing to leave," boom, we got an offense, criminal trespass, right? Yeah, and we just got to show up and ask them to leave. A lot of the times that business owner never talked to that person anyways, because they know in order to get the police out there, they need to say that he's refusing to leave. And that's fine. That's totally fine. If that gets us out there to ID that person and that's what it takes, hell, I encourage some of my business owners to do that. Yeah. You know what? This guy's been back here 10 times. You keep telling him to leave. So for this 11th time, don't talk to him this time. Yeah. Just call us. Tell the call taker what you need to, to get us out there to set the call up. Because if they tell the call taker... Hey, I got this homeless guy. Yeah, I know that if I go tell him to leave, he will, but I'm not going to tell him to leave because I'm, you know what I'm saying? So they set the call up, go out there. I meet Tony, super nice guy. He's got this little dog with him. He keeps claiming it's his service dog and all this stuff. And first time I met him, he was sleeping on the side of a pizza joint.
All right, welcome back to Cops One Donut. I'm your host, Eric Levine. And back again is my BFF, my Academy boyfriend, the one, the only, Joseph Spragans. Hi, Joey. Stop it. <laughs> What's up, buddy? Oh, not much, man. Thanks for having me back. I had to. It looks a little different in here now. I know, kind of upgraded. I'm doing, I'm doing better, but you're out there doing real big things. That's why I had to have you back. So before mm -hmm. we get too far, sir, you brought a present. Yeah, my sister hooked me up with this, so I figured you'd want to partake. I love bourbon and whiskeys uh, all around. So we are trying Edgefield Distillery out of, where is this out of? You said Oregon. Oregon. All right. Uh, this is called Hogshead Whiskey. Pure pot distilled from a malted barley. Yes. Indubitably. Mm. Oh, oh. Indubitably, <laughs> yes. Oh. <laughs> it's the most sophisticated of bourbons. I like the... Uh, the Oberon Sun that it's got on there. If you're familiar with Oberon beer uh, from Bell's, I'll show the camera here. Is that what that is? I don't know. Um, there you go. You're so educated and just just know Al everything. Alcoholism. Yeah. <laughs> that's really what it is. Uh, yeah, um, it's a beer out of Michigan, so oh, okay. that's yeah, that's why I know. But yeah, the one on, we got water already in here. Ice cubes yep. melted a little bit with. Uh, that work. <laughs> I'm just gonna keep pouring Stop it. Pouring it bitch. <laughs> God damn. It's a healthy pour. Salute. Salute. Let me see. Oh yes. Oh yes. Smooth. Smooth. It didn't even make me cough. That's <laughs> some of those. Yeah. Yeah, so, it's good. Some yeah. <laughs> some of those really get you. But um all yeah, right, so stuff. Yeah. Normally, guys, uh, what we do is we'll go through, you know, hey, this is my guest, and this is, you know, how he got it started. This is where he's from. But we've already done that with you, so we don't have to do that. Nobody wants to hear that boring shit. That's true. Um, but I will talk about some personal stuff first and foremost. Um, you've been doing the bike coaching and all that stuff for quite some time, but you said recently your hamstring's been fucking with you or what? Well, the coaching thing I put on hold because of studying Oh, for the, for the promotion. The promotion, yes. Yeah. So, but are you promoting or what? I'll be on the bubble. Oh, you no. Know, I, yeah. How'd you do? With the adjustment, I think I'm in 86. Oh, that should be good. We'll see. Because it, se it seems to be each uh, go around, they take more and more off the list because the department's getting a little bigger and yeah. the need is, is growing. Yes. So, I don't know. I think you'll make it. If they ever come out with the final list. Yeah. Holy shit. We're going, on, we're going on three months now. That's that's what it was for me. Yeah. If well, not a little more, yeah. Yeah, I took the test in uh, no, no December. Mm -hmm. I can't remember when I took the test, but I, I didn't promote until like March, April, somewhere in there. Yeah. Something crazy. I don't remember. It was a long time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they make you wait. Yes, they do. Um. All right. Well, the the whole point of this episode today, um, Joey and I are going to discuss uh, homelessness, um, veterans, uh, what us as police officers are doing to try to help fix that. What are we doing maybe to hurt it? I think we do stuff that, that actually doesn't help as yeah. well. Um, and we'll kind of draw from our personal experiences. Joey, for those that don't know, he's a neighborhood patrol officer. And part of his duties is basically getting with the community, uh, being kind of a liaison between 
the the community and the officers that actually patrol that area. So Joey's not, um, he doesn't go out there and just patrol the streets, although he can. That's kind of the benefit. He's got that freedom as an NPO. He can go out and shag calls if he wants. He can go make contacts with his community leaders. He can stop at stores and businesses and talk to the managers and the owners. Um, that's, that's one of the beauties I love of that position, especially in the area that we work, um, is that position just you get to be a police officer in the best way you see fit for your area. Um, as long as the top down isn't pushing any agendas that they have. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, you sum it up pretty well. That's the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. That's, right? that's how it's supposed to be in a perfect world and you know, everybody doing what they're supposed to be doing. Right. But, uh, just turn your gain up a little bit. I, I, before I forget, do you still have the soundboard? Yeah. What do you mean? Got like a fart noise and oh. all that good stuff. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I never Can use I it. it. No. <laughs> Put it over here. No, absolutely on, not. Man. God will never get a show in. Why? Because. Oh. There you go. I know you like <laughs> I do need to add a fart to it. I've never done that. Come on, man. What's wrong with You're me? You're getting too professional over here. I am. Here. I shit. am getting too professional. It's been over a year since the last time I was here. That's the last time I've used it. Really? Yes. <laughs> There's no excuse for that. Already. I've never used that soundboard That's ever sad. since then. I know. To your audience, I'm sorry. I just get so into the I'll conversation. Stay on them more. Yeah, I get yeah. so into the conversation, I forget. <laughs> Jeez. How dare I be emotionally invested in what people are saying? It's not what this is all about. That's not. It's about <laughs> fart noises and ball jokes. Damn straight. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. I did. I forgot all about it, dude. Nice. Yeah, I could be doing that all the time. <laughs> so, to get more into this story. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> How'd you get 300 million more viewers, Levine? I started using the soundboard. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. it, it writes itself. Yeah, it's science. Yeah. It's boring. It's a part of my life. Yes, science. Mm, scotchy, scotch, scotch. <laughs> While I'm thinking about it, um, buck knives. Buck knives. They are not not a buck knife, but the company Buck um, hooked me up with a knife, uh, and so I told him that I would. This one too? No, that's the one. That was a door prize for the bike unit at the clay shoot. I didn't get one. I was a better kidding. rider than you. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I've that's been my knife ever since. I've. I love that thing. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, they gave me a knife. Very comfortable knife. Um, can't complain. Uh, so I told him I'd give him a shout-out just for hooking me up. So check yeah. out Buck Knives, y'all. Check that. Be careful that it's sharp. <laughs> Did you get one for Buck? Uh, oh, I should just give that to Buck. Hey, man, I found your knife. <laughs> yeah, that's smooth. So, anyway, let's get yeah. back into, well, let's actually, let's dive into that portion, okay? So, there's an idea what a neighborhood patrol officer is supposed to do. It's what they signed up to do. But, as we all know, in any job, like, there's what's on paper, and then there's what's in reality. So, mm -hmm. in reality, what uh, what is the good, what's the bad, what's the ugly? Na yeah. Neighborhood patrol operator is what it actually stands for, by the way. Oh, okay. We're super high tech. 
Okay. Yeah, tactical. Very. That explains the beard now. Yeah. 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 I don't have a choice. Yeah. I, I just, shaved it, and I got ridden up. Really? Like yeah. Operator springs. Yeah. <laughs> did you wear what did the? Oh, I can't remember what they call it now. All that they wear in the desert. That like. Uh, damn, I can't remember what the name of that little blanket towel thing is. Oh yeah. You know, know what I'm talking, talking about? Yeah, yeah, you yeah, can yeah. use it to cover your face, yep. cover your neck. Yeah, yep. all that yep. stuff. Um, so, every Navy SEAL operator that mm-hmm. I've seen has one of those. Kind of like a gator? Yeah, yeah, yeah. a little bit. Kind of. Yeah. Speaking of, you know who I'm having on here? Who? The movie Act of Valor. Yeah. Uh, Wymy. Do you remember Wymy? Mm-hmm. Uh, Brendan Weimholt. He's coming on the show. Why, why am I even here then? Right? You're, 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 too, you're too big time. I'm out. <laughs> we're going to, uh, <laughs> we're actually going to discuss. That's awesome, man. Yeah, holding um, how how some military guys will get like this was one of my complaints to him was like mm-hmm. you get guys that go on joe rogan and they're talking about police work and police training and none of them have ever been a cop but because they hold the title of navy seal or green beret or whatever special op that they did for the military it somehow translates directly to law enforcement mm-hmm. that's just not true it, it can't so he's going to come on and actually say you're absolutely right this is why and here's why nice so yeah so that's yeah, I'm gonna have him on. That's gonna oh, be pretty that's gonna cool. be a good one, man. Yeah, yeah. Looking so, forward to that. I know. But anyway. But yeah, NPO <clears throat> neighborhood patrol operator. I'm oh, oh, sorry, officer. Officer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Community policing. So it all comes down to. Right. That's why he started this podcast, right? Absolutely. To talk about community policing, how to bridge that to the actual community and answer questions and clear the mud for a lot of the public. Right. Right? Yeah. That's kind of the idea. That's right. And so for an NPO it really has a lot to do with your beat, your neighborhood, your area that you work and how uh, much you can actually practice that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I mean, one of my neighborhoods, I have a few of them, two separate beats. One, one beat is super nice neighborhood. The issues I deal with there, obviously polar opposite than my other area. Right. Right. So no homeless in that neighborhood, stuff like that. It's far enough removed from the downtown area that, it hasn't bled into that. It will. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, the right. right, you know, it will. But uh, in my other area where I met Tony, the homeless veteran, it's almost all I deal with is homeless issues. And that's most NPOs. They're dealing with homeless issues. How do you uh, deal with that? How do you solve problems that have to do with homeless that are complaint driven from your right. residents? Right? And historically, in my experience, we deal with it as a band-aid effect. Oh, this problem's this guy's a yep. problem in this area. Okay, so the first time, hey dude, I'm officer such and such, and this is for the public. This is how I've always dealt with it traditionally. Hey, I'm officer such and such, man. Hey, it's the first time we've met. Um, I got a complaint. You got a criminal trespass warning coming, or if you don't already have a criminal trespass warning here, so I'm not going to arrest you tonight, but I need you to keep it moving. Mm-hmm. And inevitably, they will more yep. more often than not. They'll leave. And then you just wait for that callback. They'll either come back that night, come back that week. So you go back out again. Yep. And me, I'm a I'm a three strike guy. So I go back out a little more stern talking to, hey, this is this is what's coming down the pipe. I already know you have a couple other warrants. I'm gonna take you in. And I was like, and I will write or I'll take you in for your warrants, but I'm gonna write so you get another warrant. As soon as you're out, there's gonna be another warrant waiting for you. So mm-hmm. quit dicking around. Now, would I do that actually? No, but uh, <laughs> I like to say that to him. And uh, you hope that it solves itself. 
Cause then you'll go talk to the, the store and you're like, well, what have they been doing? What's going on? Well, they come in here and they have a, a cup from that they bought last week and they're trying to get free refills and they're trying to yeah. do this, do that. And so <laughs> I try to try to look at the writing on the wall with that, but then the third time comes and they just go to jail. And then what happens when they go to jail? They go, they see the judge. The judge is like, he's never going to pay this back. So they just boot him out. The indigent defense. Yeah, yep. basically. And yep. so we know that. And there's no point in adding that to the system. Now, some old school methods would be putting him on a bus, give him a bus ticket, send him to the next city over. Right. And, and inevitably they come back, you know, whatever it is. Now, I'm not saying I did that, folks. I'm just saying that's the old school methods that some people used to use. Maybe they'd throw a bunch of uh, police swag from their department on them. You know, here's a hat, bud. Stay warm. Here's a right. here's a, a, a blanket or whatever. And it says your police department all over it. And then they go to yeah. they go to another city, and then that city sends them back. Mm-hmm. Then they got all that police department stuff on them. <laughs> that's, a, that's the shit that went on in the late 90s and before. Um, so... Here, the problem is we just keep kicking the can down the road. We're not actually solving the problem. What's the problem? He's thirsty. He's hungry. Mm-hmm. He can, he knows he can get, uh, you know, if he's got a cup. Like, like I try to look at it at the base layers. It's a good spot to ask for money because people are coming in and out. So you have to start looking at what the needs are. Well, he obviously needs a place to stay. Can I get him to the shelter? Does he qualify? All of these different, there, there's extra steps you can take as a cop to start learning what the problem is. And I think that's one of the first problems we need to face as cops is that we need to diagnose the problem a little deeper than just trying to put a bandaid on it every time. But do we have time? That's what it boils down to, you know, and that's the great part about an NPO spot is you're, you're kind of given that time because that's kind of what's expected of you is that you're going to take that time to delve a little further into this issue or that issue to try and put out these fires in your communities before they become something else, help reduce the call load. Right. Right. So, um, man, the beat I had before the one I'm assigned to now, big intersection at the highway, just uh, riddled with beggars at the intersection. Right. Yeah. And it's the one intersection in that area that actually has signs that says no soliciting from roadway. Yeah. They and put those signs up there for that reason. Yeah, I know. And, and yet that's the intersection that has the, the worst crowd. So in my community meetings for that beat, there's the number one topic. Hey, Spring, what are we going to do about all the homeless at that intersection? Like stop paying them to be there. Like, yeah. They're there because it's fruitful for them. Like yeah. I remember uh, one time, uh, writing a ticket to one lady. She made 300 bucks that day. Not exaggerating. Dang. Good for her. I, yeah. I and, and I don't blame them. And after I saw that, then the, the meetings after that, and I'm like, I'm telling these people, and these aren't the people that are paying them that can actually come to these meetings, right? It's their neighbors and mm-hmm. the ones that don't come to those meetings. And they see that person flying a sign at the intersection and like, Oh man, that, that really sucks for that person. So I'm going to give them 20 bucks. I yeah. get it. I get it. So I kept trying and to convince people, like, tell your neighbors, this person has money. Yeah. Every time we, we stop them and ID them and, you know, they, one time this guy was, well, in, closer to downtown, he took out his wallet to, to show me his ID and it's just stuffed, stuffed with cash. <laughs> he, it was a Costanza wallet. He could barely <laughs> fold it up. Free guitar he, lesson. <laughs> <laughs> I just watched that episode. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're back on the Seinfeld kick. Me and the wife. Uh, Netflix. You know, it's my filler. I love it. Anything throughout your day can come down to a 
Seinfeld episode. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah, she had man hands. She had man hands. <laughs> you got something on your face. Oh. Hello. Hello. Are we, are we not doing that anymore? No. It's been played, Jerry. It's been played. <laughs> Anyways, I digress. Um, but yeah, so the dudes, you know, I tell these people that they've got money. Mm-hmm. They keep coming back here because they know you're going to keep paying them. Yeah. And they're making more doing that than the services we're trying to give them. Yeah. They have those services. Like we've got a ton of different outlets for for homeless. Yeah. Housing, um, you know, all kinds of things down there east of downtown. Yeah. You know, preaching to the choir. So well, the choir the pro- needs the yeah, choir, needs, the to choir hear. needs to hear. It. They need to hear. The problem is, is the people we're dealing with is officers on the street. They've been there, done that at the shelter systems. They've either been kicked out, they've had their shit stolen too many times, and they're just done with it. So every time, oh, the homeless people having their stuff stolen at yes, the shelter all so the time. And how many big... times you've been told when you ask for their DLR ID? Oh, it was stolen. Right. Where? Well, Presbyterian Night Shelter. Oh, no shit. Same old thing. Uh, it's always the same shit. They get their wallet stolen wherever, and this always comes back to the the shelter area. Right? Yeah, and they're loaded with security guards. Officers are in the area. We have, um, at least in the specific place we're talking about, there's actually a police department section right there. Yep. So, so um, they're done. They're not going back. Yeah. They're not going to accept your ride because you're offering them a ride wherever they want. You just go to the shelter. You're like, nope, I'm not going to the shelter. Yeah. I'm good right here. All right. Well, yeah. if you're not going to take my help, then every time I see you at this intersection, I'm going to stroke you a ticket. Okay. They accept it. Yeah. Because they're experienced enough now that they know if I cash bottom on that ticket, which means I arrest them for that ticket and I take them, they're in and out in two hours. Yeah. It's the indigent uh, defense. The magistrate doesn't, like, they know they can't, they're out. Right. They just turn them loose. Yeah. And uh, remember when I worked midnights, there was one guy that always worked the same intersection. Ford? Straight out of roll call, I'd go get him. Ford? Uh, Perry. Oh, Perry. Okay. And I'd unlock the doors and be like, what's up, Perry? What's up, Ray? Unlock the door. Hop in. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Hop in. Take him down to jail. Go. Yeah. And he had scabies, I think. So I'd toss oh. him the handcuffs. Like, throw him on. And you throw him on. Like, we had a good relationship. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. I know I'm violating a ton of the officer safety shit here, but yeah, trust me. Like, yeah. we were good. It's discretion. Yep. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and he, I would see him back out on the street from Cash Bonding him mm-hmm. in the same shift. Oh, Jesus. That yeah. was an eye-opener to me. Yeah, I've right? seen that, too. Because even though I started when I was 32 years old, I wanted a kid kid. I was still, you know, green, but, and, green and hopeful. Yeah, but and, in the yeah. system, you, you haven't seen the system operate. I haven't seen operate. the system work. And yeah. so I'm like, okay. So I'm starting <laughs> to learn how this works. Yeah. They, they, and people like him, they knew. Yeah. They don't care. Yeah. Like he's in and out. Hell, you just gave him a, a roof he, over his head. And what has he got to lose? Exactly. What do you have to lose? And a lot of times I would do it knowing I'm doing them a favor because it's 30 degrees out or colder or it's super, super hot. Mm-hmm. And I know that even if they want to fight me on it or whatever, like, hey, man, cash bonding you this time just to get you out of this. Yeah. You, yeah. I know it doesn't, it's not going to change anything, whatever. I'm not, you know, whatever. Yeah. But I'll sleep better knowing that. Yep. You're not dehydrated out here on this corner and because you're not going to take my help. Yeah. You're not going to let me uh, give you an ambulance. You know, they just, they won't, just so many of them, man, they just won't take your help. Yeah. As much as you want to give it. Yeah. Well, and a lot of them are facing some sort of mental health issues. Yeah. That they're not getting medication for. 
or they're not staying regular on their medications. And yep. when you, it's crazy, and this is for the citizens, like, we'll have these frequent flyers, these guys that we deal with so often. And more often than not, I can tell right away, oh, you know, Perry's off his meds. Like, because mm-hmm. when he's on his meds, he's a totally different person yep. and logical and, and, you know, understands what we're trying to do and will accept some help sometimes. But uh, when they're off their meds, I think that's a lot of the issues when it comes to the homeless. So one of the fixes that I've always thought would be smart, but nobody seemed to do it yet. Maybe you could get this implemented uh, where we're at on these corners. That's such a problem. Instead of putting all these signs explaining it's illegal, give me signs that, uh, okay, I don't want to alarm you. I'm changing the subject real quick. That mosquito, he's on your, uh, he's right under your chest. I see it. him? You see? I, got it. Oh, I think you got him. Nope. Oh. I just, I just hurt myself though. Damn. It's hard to hurt steel, baby. <laughs> but, um, where'd it go? So, my fix is where those signs are put QR codes that go directly to the city's yeah, help. Yeah, 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 yeah. Put a QR code yep. and it says, hey, with, with an arrow pointing at where these guys like to stand, instead of paying him, send money to this and use the QR code. And this guy or whoever's on these corners, that's like where they it. can go yep. to get that money to get help. Yep. I think that would be a smart way to go. Oh yeah. Um, or I don't, I don't know. I it, just to get them off those corners to stop getting people to pay. Yeah. You know, I, I think that's, I do. I think it'll be an end all be all fix. Probably not, but it's either that or the day finally comes that you can't use cash anywhere. Yeah. And if that homeless person can't use cash anywhere, then the bleeding heart at the intersection that wants to give this dude money. Right. Well, it would just Venmo it to them. Exactly. I'm sure, yeah. They're going to have to figure out a way to have their own PayPal and Venmo yeah. accounts. Yeah, which I've seen. Yeah. Cash app is a big thing. With You're going to have a homeless guy on the street with a card slider on his, yeah. his, square. On his phone. My square space. <laughs> just, just slide the card, bro. Yeah. We accept all major credit cards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So getting them fed, getting them warm and all that stuff, those are – those are fixes that we look at in the long term, but let's look at, you know, I, I consider that an intermediate um, part of the story. Like mm-hmm. the, the initial, the, the fast fix is the bandaid effect. Hey, get them out of there. Hey, yeah. you got to go. The, the intermediate fixes, figure out a place to get them where they can stay warm and that they can get, you know, food and clothing. So that's the shelters, but let's look at the big picture. How do we, how do we stop it all together? Get them fucking home. Yeah, and therein lies the issue nowadays, and especially this past year or two, mm-hmm. with things going through the roof like rent. I mean, your little studio apartment nowadays close to two grand a month. It's insane yeah. the amount for just rent. Right. I mean, my wife and I were talking about it the other day. If we were looking, if I was just fresh out of the academy now and we're looking for our new home, we wouldn't be able to afford anything. Like it's yeah. insane, yeah. but we're lucky, super, super lucky to already have a house we own, especially in the city you live in. <laughs> Fancy, <laughs> yeah, like the top two percent of there. wealth lives in the city Spragans lives in. But my property taxes <laughs> are still cheaper than <laughs> yeah. over there. Anyways. Yeah. Let's not go there, but uh, mm, <laughs> drinks with his pinky up, folks. <laughs> it's yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so let's get into your story. All right, now Joey's an NPO. How long have you been an NPO, Joe? Shit, I think that all rhymed. 
Ring, or any of the other quick launch home security systems. I've been having trouble with my Ring products. They don't read license plates on moving vehicles. The link doesn't connect fast enough to my phone. And I'm tired of getting notifications only to see like a glimpse of something that set it off. I was reached by a veteran-owned business called Agent Security. The owner, staff, all veterans or former cops, they're kind of like the Chick-fil-A of customer service when it comes to security. They have a system that does everything companies like Ring do and more. They have pivoting cameras that track day or night. They can also read license plates and catch high-definition details that will lead police more effectively to catching the offender. Their mission is providing the best home security systems to their customers. All you have to do is start the conversation to protect our most valuable assets, our families. They listen to your needs and come up with perfect customized security solutions to protect what matters to you most. You can contact them by phone at 713-962-3558 or email info at agentsecurity.com or visit their website, agentsecurity.com. That's A-G-E-I-N-T-S-E-C-U-R-I-T-Y.com. They serve the greater Houston area, North Texas, and more. Be sure to tell them that Eric Levine from Two... It did. How long have you been at MPO, oh, it, Joe? You don't even know it. Right? Five. I'm going to say five now. Four years? Four, four and a half. Okay, so four, four and a half years. Well, last time I was on here, just over a year. I think I'd been on just under a year, so three, four, almost five years now. Damn, gotta be okay. Shit flies by, doesn't it? I know it's crazy. So you've been doing that five years, and you've developed the experience to say, like, here's the problems that I've seen. I'm doing the math in my head still. Hang on. Okay. Uh, maybe it's four. I, I I don't know. I think most people don't really care. They don't no? really care. They don't. They don't. No. <sighs> crushing my world Eric. <laughs> everybody cares about seniority it's true especially in the police world uh, yeah freaking everything i know well, well, you you been been yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> oh that that makes me a worse cop than you because mm-hmm. i have i'm like i've been a cop for four years you've been a cop for 10 and yep. i've made more arrests than you yep tell me how that makes you a better cop because you better right. exactly it's, it's what you do with the time folks mm-hmm. it's what you do with the time it's what you do with the time yeah so, so yeah Four or five years, something like that. All right. So you've been so I've been in MPO for twenty years. Okay. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just being a cop's like fishing, guys. You just just keep embellishing. Caught this sucker that was like it was just yeah. fucking huge. <laughs> I slapped this guy across the face, and then it turns into oh my god, Levine got in a knockdown drag right. fight for his gun. It was insane. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> um. So five years. Mm-hmm. We'll say that. We'll level it off. I like to round up. So five years you've been at MPO and you've been dealing with the homeless stuff regularly. Um, not to mention being tasked out doing Lord knows what other things higher ups want you to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so just to give people kind of an idea, you've got your town hall meetings for your beat, which is where you meet once a month, maybe once a quarter, just depends on how often they have them. You're working two beats. Yeah, in a sense. Well, yeah, one of them is that just it's just a neighborhood. Okay, but they made it its own beat because that neighborhood is going to be the size of a freaking town eventually. I got you. So they they went ahead and got ahead of it, which hardly ever happens, right? Yeah, <laughs> they made it its own beat. So the NPO that has this other one over here, which is right next door, right, is going to inherit that other one. Oh, okay. But that other beat is now getting pretty substantial in size. Yeah. And the problems, the the problems they have are, you know, 
increasing. Nothing that's super bad, right. but it's stuff that keeps you busy, keeps your phone ringing on the weekends and that kind of stuff. So, okay, yeah, I did. Yeah, technically, I have the two, um, but I'm probably still not nearly as busy as some of our other NPOs that have a beat that's half the size of just one of mine, but you know, yeah. twice the work. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. High so, crime, all that stuff. Yeah. yeah, and so they've got their work cut out for them. Okay. So in that, you, you're you working, obviously you said the, the main priority was the, the homeless and the begging and stuff like that. And rather than go with the enforcement side, which it sounds like you tried that route and it didn't work, and we already know it doesn't work because all we're doing is the same thing that every other cop before us has yeah. done until it, you arrest them enough that, the public's like, okay, that's good. You guys are doing a good job. Thanks. Like, and then right. you back off and then it builds back up and it's just this constantly. So you get an outside the box idea and run with that. Yeah. I mean, on the bike unit and when we were on the bike unit, mm. we dealt almost exclusively with homeless and drunk people, sometimes the both, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's majority of your calls are uh, subject at so uh, whatever place refusing to leave. Right. Refusing to leave. Refusing to leave. That's that's always the call. Any officer out there listening to this, they know exactly what I'm talking about. And it's a very common call. And so the criminal trespass warning, which you brought up earlier, CTW for short, that's typically the route you go whenever a business calls and says such and such homeless person's back again and they're refusing to leave. So you show up, you give them that criminal trespass warning, you move on. You see, you know, you give the copy to the business owner, you give a copy to the homeless person, you say, be gone. And if you come back and I come back out because you're here, now you're arrested for criminal trespass. And those trespass one step higher than a ticket. And those trespass warnings last, they have a, sh- a shelf life of a year. Yeah. Typically. Depends on who the DA is at the time, I think. But right, right now, yeah, about a year. Okay. But um, sometimes that works, you know, that problem person comes back you get them they go away for i don't know a couple weeks yeah because <laughs> it's a criminal trespass non-violent crime you know so yeah whatever so anyway even on the bike unit downtown i mean um when i was taking classes at tcc part of the whole tarleton program to yeah get that and uh we had to do a community thing um i pulled the teacher to the side and like hey what about getting the class involved and donating clothes to me? I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And once I get enough, whoever wants to ride out with me, and I got this approved by Sarge before I did this, so. Yeah. Shut the <laughs> fuck up. Shut up. up. <laughs> so uh, any student that's willing to do it and curious can ride out with me, and we're going to go out, because this is in the wintertime, mm-hmm. and we're going to find people that need them and give them these jackets or whatever, and to show them that we give a shit. Yeah. That we're not out here just to, to get them on the criminal trespass, to arrest them on their warrants. And maybe through that, we can get them to talk to us a little more and get them a home, like get them something. Yeah. Get them off the fucking street at the yeah. very least. That's the end goal. Cause I'm sick and tired of getting calls on them. Right. We all are. Yeah. And that's obviously we're out to help the person helping that person reduces the call load. It goes, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, it, so it's kind of a panacea It's, the, panacea it's the big picture thing. It's the big yeah. picture. I don't want to keep arresting right. even re- uh, normal offenders, people that are out stealing stuff out of your cars and shit. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to keep arresting them. If I can figure out how to lower recidivism, 
through some sort of program because a lot of times it's a juvenile or a teenager, you know, so, um, if I can get them on a PAL program, you know, boxing, getting them some yeah. sort of hobby, whatever it is, to stop them from reoffending, then it's worth the effort. Yeah, but, each, each individual has their challenges, right? Yeah. It, whether it be age, a disability, um, they're a user, you got to get them off that shit, that, yep. kind of, that kind of thing. And so the, the ideas started, you know, rolling back then um, with just an effort of trying to help from that side because as a cop you have certain tools that the general public doesn't yeah right and people listen to you kind of in a different way when you go in and ask some business for help to help this person in uniform in uniform yeah because like this officer is asking to help this guy this guy must be worth it yeah you see what i'm saying Yeah. yeah kind of sucks to say but it's the truth yeah and i'll exploit the shit out of that if it means helping a person get into a home and so when I finally became an MPO and I could take the time to really learn people's stories and stuff like that, which I didn't have before because you're subject to call. Yeah. You're kind of expected to go out there, deal with it, clear it, take the next call, right? Be available for calls. This isn't, we're talking about a major city folks. This isn't, you know, a little town of 4,000 people where there isn't a lot of calls happening. This is, you get on shift. There's already, 15, 20 calls waiting that have been waiting for you to get on shift to go take. Mm-hmm. So I just trying to give people a perspective. Um, there, there is a little difference depending on the size of the city and the call loads and stuff like that. Yeah. So if I, I finally reached the beats I'm at now mm-hmm. and through answering calls on my beat, I meet Tony who okay. is getting called on because he's sleeping on the sides of buildings and in a tarp and stuff like that refusing to leave which they, they never, never went talked, to talk they to him they never went to talk to him yeah. to begin with but it's all right he got us out there i get it yeah so, because because well, if the, yeah because if the store owner tells them to leave thank you. and they do there's no 911 call what are you calling for yeah. oh a guy was on my property I asked him to leave and they left there's no offense but if that business owner calls and says hey this person's refusing to leave boom we got an offense criminal trespass right yeah and we just got to show up and ask them to leave a lot of the times that business owner never talked to that person anyways, because they know in order to get the police out there, they need to say that he's refusing to leave. And that's fine. That's totally fine. If that gets us out there to ID that person and that's what it takes. Hell, I encourage some of my business owners to do that. Yeah. You know what? This guy's been back here 10 times. You keep telling him to leave. So for this 11th time, don't talk to him this time. Yeah. Just call us. Tell the call taker what you need to, to get us out there to set the call up. Because if they tell the call taker, Hey, I got this homeless guy. Yeah, I know that if I go tell him to leave, he will, but I'm not going to tell him to leave because I'm, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So they set the call up, go out there. I meet Tony, super nice guy. He's got this little dog with him. He keeps claiming it's his service dog and all okay. this stuff. And first time I met him, he was sleeping on the side of a pizza joint. And uh, he never told me he was a veteran or anything like that. He never told me he had a truck in storage. He never told me his life story because I didn't ask. Right. All he was was super cooperative and nice, even though I just woke him up out of a dead sleep, you know? Yeah. And uh, it was cold as shit outside, and it was over the winter. And, uh, yeah, he would move on. So what do I have at that point? Nothing. So any, (laughs) yeah, exactly. So any new officers listen to this or whatever, like I can't. ID the guy. You can't Rambo his ass. I can't, yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's, he's gone. He's, re- yeah. he's, he's agreeing to leave. That's so old like, school. If you're yeah. too young to remember the first Rambo, which right. wasn't called Rambo. So, yeah. um, yeah. But I'm, I'm not going to push the issue with him, right? Yeah. Don't he's draw being, first blood. Yeah, don't draw first blood. 
That's right. <laughs> <laughs> We're old. So old. I know. But it's falling apart. Yeah. <laughs> well played, sir. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Hey, I'm you here want, for you. Now that you know. Now that I know. Hey, no you're one, reminded. No soundboard. Use I, it. No one's half the battle. It sure is. Yep. <laughs> Attaboy. Yeah. You well get, done, sir. Getting the corny version today, guys. You're welcome. Yes. Or not. Okay, so back to Tony, the real story. Yeah, My yeah, bad. yeah, yeah. My bad. So he's always like willing to leave and shit, right? So I don't want to like, well, before you go, give me your ID. You know, tell me right. you know, all this shit. I'm like, cool, man. We'll see you next time. Cause I know I'll get called on him again. And you start to develop that rapport. Yeah. So the next time he, he sees me, he he's knows, like, ah, I know, I know. Yeah, he does he, one of those. And he knows that I'm not that asshole that's gonna, you know, jack him up and you he know He just doesn't know you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're not gonna be a sarcastic asshole to him right. because you're in uniform. Sure. Like you would be to me. Exactly. In uniform. Yeah. So. Now that he knows me more now, now, mm. now yeah. So anyways. Okay. But anyways, you know, getting calls on So I don't know, was it been a month now? I get a, we, we get a call on them at a grocery store or a gas station that's next to a grocery store. I see that a couple officers have already taken it. The description of the person in this call, I'm like, oh shit, that's Tony. Yeah. And I see it has to do with a service animal. I, at this point, have already kind of gotten to know Tony a little bit and I've checked stuff out. The service animal um, excuse that he's been given, it checks out. Yeah. And it's for PTSD. I've, I've already checked out that he's a, well, I haven't checked out. He's told me he's a veteran. Okay. Right. And that the, he was only in Texas to begin with to pick up this dog. And then when he was coming through Fort Worth, the engine in his Tacoma blew. Oh, shit. So he's stuck over in my area and he's been there ever since. Oh. And he's been trying to use the money he's been getting through Social Security and VA, which was roughly $2,500, three grand a month. Okay, so he's almost 100% connected. Almost. Yeah. We're getting in there, though. There you go. He's qualified. Um, now it's just a matter of getting him face-to-face -face with that VA doctor and yeah. all that. And I think 100. Signing off and 100%. Yeah, 100% is around four to five. Yeah. Four. Yeah. For yeah. him, they said four. Okay. So once we get that, he's golden. Yeah. Right? But anyways, um, so we get this call on him, and I see the details. Or, uh, well, shit, that's Tony. So I take additional on the call. We go out there. And he's getting a little more upset than I've ever seen him. He's, he's perturbed. He's getting frustrated. So many contacts. So many contacts. Yeah. There's two officers out here telling him, you know, get out of this gas station. Now you got a third showing up. And then <laughs> now I'm here and he sees it's me. Okay. We've already developed this rapport. He knows it's Spragans. Yeah. He's so like, oh. we must be de-escalating it. Just yep. your presence. Yep. So I show up. Fuck I yeah. can see him kind of like. Hey, man, can I tell you what's up? Like, please do, tell Tony. Tell your boys to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> no, they were doing, they were doing, yeah. the, they don't know him. They don't know Tony, right? Right. They don't know a story like I do. But there again, that's the NPO role, in my view anyways. Yeah. You should start learning some of these stories so these calls that you keep getting on these certain individuals start making sense. Dude, I just had a brilliant idea. Oh, shit, here we go. You Another know Levine idea. You know me. Oh, crap. Okay, so you know how we keep a beat book. Mm -hmm. Old school guys do anyway. Keep a beat book. What if you were to make like how we have uh, bolos, mm -hmm. but instead of a bolo, it's, hey, if you see this guy in the beat, here's his story. Yeah. And then now you got your Tony story. This is what he's got going on. These are his things. So when somebody's looking through their homeless 
beat right. book, they can start going, oh, okay, this guy, he frequents the area. This is what our MPOs have on him. And yeah. now, dude. Yeah, so like we had on the downtown unit, thanks to yeah. some of the older guys yeah. that put that effort forward and had these three binders full of pictures, their criminal histories and everything. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that was thorough. But that would be good. It could, that's that's a little different. I'm tweaking that yeah. slightly to actually have a story behind the person yeah. to, to to personalize it a little more. I think that would be uh, something worth exploring through an app. Yeah, there's got to be like um, was it that app I used Trello? Maybe I can't remember. Oh. I think there's an app where you can. You, it's not designed to be a beat book, but you can use mm-hmm. it as such. Um, any app developers out there, if you learn how to make a beat book app, holy shit. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know how you can attach certain details to an address. Mm-hmm. So anytime a call, it you know pops up for that address, yeah. the responding officer gets to see the notes for that address, whether it be the homeowner of this carries, right. you know, yada, yada, yada. For this situation, they describe the person. Mm-hmm. The call's about, I know who that person is. Yeah. Right? The call taker doesn't. Right. The other responding officer doesn't. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's yeah, that's definitely something to explore. I know how to do it. <laughs> I know how to do it now. Um, the Teams app. Mm-hmm. Do you know what Teams is? Mm-hmm. Okay, so Teams is a Microsoft app. Um, we've started using it on our department um, for the violent crime stuff, mm-hmm. where all of the specialized units that deal with violent crime are on there. And then anytime there's a warrant, anytime there's suspect information, it's got all of the, you can create folders. So you could just basically do, you know, NPO Spragans, and then yeah. you'd have your folder, and you can do subfolders within that. And, there you go. And then just keep it to, you know, your yeah. localized people. That beat, you could make a beat folder. Yeah. Now, the trick's going to be getting patrolled to actually use it. <laughs> right, right, but right, right, right. any officer that actually gives a shit will think of that as a valuable tool. Yeah. And then they'll be able to update it themselves. Yeah, because so. more times than not, the, you get the officer that gives a shit, and they're there, and they're like, yeah, we know there's more to this guy. Yeah. And so they'll find out who the MPO is, and they just call that MPO. And yeah. that works, too, if that MPO is available. Yes. And they're not on something else or on vacation or right. whatever. And so, it's not fair to an MPO to have to yeah. pick yeah, the yeah. phone up every time. <laughs> and, and, and folks that yeah. don't know, MPOs that care, they answer their phone every time. Just about they because they feel obligated because they have kind of a special shift, a special mission, which right. is a little like I take the community service part very seriously. So even for me, like, yeah, obviously. Right. <laughs> so, well, I don't know, man. You know, I don't think you give a shit. Man. No, I've only spent you know twenty thousand dollars <laughs> on something that has not. Paid yeah. me back in any way, so. You make uh, me, yeah. You're good. <laughs> hey, it's working. It is. It's working. People are loving this shit, so we're spreading the word, and this is going to help people learn how to deal with homelessness in a long-term effect. So yeah, so through help, helping Tony, just just finally get down to it, and we've taken the uh, scenic route here. No, it's but, fine. But uh, get call on them, and I start finally. Uh, Drilling him with more questions. Really start diving into his past a little more. Okay. About his dog and all that kind of stuff. And he has already told me before about this truck in, in a storage unit that's right around the corner. And I'm like, Tony, you said you got that truck, right? And he's like, yeah. He's like, you said that was a Tacoma? We all know Tacomas, man. They hold value. Yeah. Resale on those things are crazy. They're like Wranglers. He's like, walk over there. I'll meet you over there. Sure shit he does. We go in. You couldn't give him a ride? No, no, no. Dick. He had a shopping cart. <laughs> <laughs> I was 
gonna give him a ride. I was Fair like, enough. he's got all his shit in this shop. And I was like, yeah. you know what? It's right across the street. I was I mean, like, hey man, meet me over there. I'm sure. Plus, he, I'm plus, sure he paid for the shopping cart. <laughs> oh sure. <laughs> plus, like I like to do, what I like to do in some of these situations is give them kind of a first step and see if they take it. Yeah. Hey man, I'm gonna go over there. Meet me there in ten minutes and show me this this truck. I didn't really expect him to, to go. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, that officer's full of shit. I'm not going to waste my time. Mm-hmm. So he does. He meets me over there, shows me it, opens it up. He's got the whole front end of this thing disassembled. He's got the cylinder heads off. Like, the dude knows his way around an engine, but he can't figure out how to fix this shit. Okay. So he, there was some sort of recall on this thing that he had to take it in for prior to his trip to come pick up the dog uh. from Alabama, and it caused him engine issues, which full surface when he was in Fort Worth. And so I just said it, didn't I? That's fine. It's okay. The way you use it. That's out of the bag. The way you use it. Nobody has figured it out. No. Up to this point. No. No, it's been <laughs> this huge mystery. <laughs> Soundboard. Oh, oh, mystery. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> We're learning. Yeah. We're learning. I was thinking, I was All like, right. joke. My bad. Mystery. I got it. Cues. I'm, I'm learning the cues. Learned the cues. <laughs> this is why they don't even let us work on the same side of town. Yeah, it's together. true. Yeah. It's true. Oh, my God. Yeah. People see the names come down. Nope. 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 Keep nope. them nope. separate. Yep. Different sides. So, anyways, I'm like, holy shit, Tony. You've got a decent amount of money sitting here, even as a parts truck. Right. And so, this all started with me trying to help him, like, just get rid of this. Like he just kept wanting to yeah. fix it because he, his, he wouldn't let go that the dealership had screwed him and he was trying to get the dealership to fix it. Mm. I was like, buddy, you're wasting your time. Yeah. That's why you've been on the streets out here in Fort Worth for as long as you have. Cause you're wasting your time on that shit. Right. Like I can take some pictures of this, throw it on marketplace. We could flip this as a parts truck, get you more than enough money to get you a throw down car, like get you something. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So anyways, we're working on that. So I keep coming around. He stays in the same spot over by Walmart. And uh, so I always know where he's at, right? And it's uh, really close to the gas station that's in the same kind of parking lot. The one that always calls? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. No, this is a different one. Oh, okay. This gas station doesn't call for reasons I'll get to. Okay. They don't want the cops there. Oh. Yeah. yeah. So anyways... I always know where he's at, right? Doesn't have a phone yet and broken or whatever. And, you know, you always hear that excuse. Oh, someone stole it. It's broken. I don't have a phone. Therein lies the, the next big issue. Is like, you want to help some of these people? How do you get a hold of them? Right. You can't. So yeah. you got to go back out there and find them. Lucky for me, Tony wanted the help. So as soon as I started, like, realizing, man, this dude actually wants the help. Hell yeah, let's do this. Tells me a veteran. So I call up one of our hope units, our homeless re- outreach guys, right? Mm-hmm. His name's Mike. He works west side phenomenal officer. Like every time I've asked him for help, he's Johnny on the spot. Nice. And every time he says he's going to do something, he comes through. So I'm like, Hey man, do you have a contact for VA office? Like sure do. If I give you a name, social deal, all that. Can you check out VA status on a person? He's like, yep, sure can. It'll take me about a day to get an answer. Yep. Less than a day. He comes back. He's like, yep. Tony checks out. Not only that, he's got benefits waiting for him. Oh, he just needs to get down there to the office, which of course Tony doesn't know. Because there's no way to get a, a hold of them. There's no way to get a hold of them. Yeah. And so he, he Tony, had, for more or less at the point where I met him, had kind of given up. Okay. He, he, he's, yeah. he's almost at that point. Mm-hmm. And he's in a certain spot where if he completely checks out, he's screwed. Yeah. 
because there's enough narcotics going around amongst that crowd. Like he's going to get sucked in and there ain't, there's really hard to get out of. Right. We know. Right. And so, um, he checks out. So I've, I've, I'll learn that next day, find him, And I don't tell him I'm checking on him and stuff, right, like, yeah. you know, but I'm more motivated now to help him out. So I tell him though, that, Hey, you need to get a hold of the VA office. Um, I think you got benefits waiting for you at this time. He's bought a phone from Walmart. He's starting to, he bought some clothes for himself cause he is getting yeah. some benefits. Right. And he calls him up. He gets a ride from a buddy. He goes down there and he's, he started now he's in the process to get hundred percent. Oh, nice. I don't know what his percent was before, but it wasn't hundred percent. Yeah. So anyways, I started learning more about his deployments. The reason why he went in and all that kind of stuff. He's been wounded. I think he was shot three different times. Holy shit. Yep. So he's a purple heart recipient. Yep. Damn. He uh, went in in 01. Damn. Army. That's the year I graduated high school. <laughs> That's the year of 9-11, everything. Yep. It's, he graduated. Like, he straight in. Straight to Iraq. Damn. Yeah, he's got some stories. But, oh, uh, um, and PTSD is hitting him pretty hard. Sounds like a good guy to have on the show. I'm telling you. That'd be good. He's, he's a good dude, man. Yeah. He's easy to talk to. And so through him... Well, let me back up a sec. He tells me when I keep coming around about this Tacoma, like, hey, man, you know, spitballing ideas about how to clean that shed out. Cause yeah, you got another cube in there, by the way. Oh, sweet. And so uh, he tells me, hey, he's got a buddy that's got an RV that he's going to give him or whatever or let him rent for cheap. Somebody he met on the street. I'm like, yeah, okay, we'll see how that pans out. Of course it doesn't. But – through that process, he had heard about this foundation from Weatherford. And okay. This, and this is where everything started changing. Called Operation Texas Strong. It takes in our donated RVs. Hold on. Yep. Operation mm-hmm. Texas Strong. Yep. And their web, website's .org. So okay. OperationTexasStrong.org. I just, uh, I'm writing the time down because when I do a sound clip, it'll be from this Sweet. area. And uh, so he tells me he found this this place. He's got a phone now, right? So he looks it up, calls him. Bobby answers the phone. Bobby and his wife Peggy run this ship. And they own a record service out of Weatherford. For whatever reason, they got motivated. And they have uh, a lot of family that are veterans. I think some still enlisted. Um, They they got a, a bug that said, you know what? Let's start this effort. We're going to take in donated RVs because they see them all the time out there, out in the sticks, you know, they're just rotting away. But they're still livable with a little elbow grease. Right. Get them to donate it to us. They get the tax write-off because they're a Texas nonprofit. We'll fix them up however much they need, which is very minimal. Mm -hmm. And then through our application process, a homeless veteran goes on there, fills out their stuff, proves to them that they're a veteran with their discharge pa- copy of their papers and stuff like that, which is all going to be super challenging right. to a person living on the street, right? Yeah. But if they can make that effort, then okay, it's worth it to them. Like, hey, let's meet up. We're going to donate you an RV. Sounds great, right? So how did you find out about them? Tony. Tony knew about them. Tony heard about it through somebody... I I forgot who he told me, but I forgot. Okay. Through that whole friend RV situation that fell through. Yeah. He had heard about some place in Weatherford donating RVs to homeless vets. 
And that was oh. the that was the end of it. And it was called Operation Texas Strong. And he, he told me that. Okay. And he found the phone number for him and called him. And so Bobby tells him, hey, yeah, man, uh, you're going to have to fill out our application first. So Bobby at this point has no idea who this guy is, right? Or that he's that close. Because I work way west side, right? And yeah. super close to where this operation is. And, uh, um, and so uh, Tony does. He figures out a way to get on. He fills out the application and everything. So he gets in line for, okay. a, don- for a donated RV. So now he's in line. And so Tony's telling me all this. Is one of these days I came into the... Uh, parking lot and we're just shooting the breeze and he's telling me about this i was like do you have this dude's phone number and he does he gives it to me i was like all right well, i'll call him up later today and i do so i'm doing my other things throughout that day and i'm like oh yeah i gotta call that guy so i call this guy bobby i'm like hey man do you have a, a tony on your application list he's like yeah he just put it in yesterday or whatever i was like so how long does that take he's like well you know we got a couple in front of them and then we gotta wait for more rvs to come through and i'm this whole time once I've learned that Tony gives a shit and he wants the help and he's actually putting forth the effort. Yeah. I'm time is not on our side. Right. Right. Because it only takes it, one relapse. Yeah. In, yeah. in the area he was in and I don't know, man, I just felt like we need to get this done as soon as possible. The more we drag our feet on this, yeah, the worse it's going to be. And if I don't come through on this, right. Right. When I keep telling him I'm going to do something, He's going to completely lose faith in humanity. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And so I'm like, all right. So I, I tell this guy, Bob, he's like, yeah, you know, what can we do? And he's like, well, there is this one Class C RV, which is, you know, your drivable RV. Yeah. Down in uh, um, Granbury, which is ain't close. He's like, if you can figure out a way to get that to the RV park that Tony wants to go, which is an hour and a half away yeah. from where that RV is. And it is. was drivable or you had to tow it? Fuck no, it wasn't drivable. Of course This is a 1982 Winnebago. Hell yeah. Right? At least it's a Winnebago. Hell yeah. So <laughs> it's been sitting there. It hasn't started in over seven years. Ouch. It is on the property of the parents of the sheriff of that county. Oh. Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. Cool, cool little twist there. Or whatever. Yeah. So anyways, I, I find out the wife of the sheriff is my contact. Okay. And she's super helpful, super nice, super responsive. And I'm like, I tell her the story, tell her who I am. And she's like, man, that's really cool. So, you know, whatever we got to do. Cool. Well, challenge is finding a record service. Yeah. Right. So I start calling the record services in the town Decatur, which is where the RV park is that Tony wants to end up. And let me say that Tony had the wherewithal to realize that he needs to put whatever RV he gets, because this started when he thought he was getting his friend's RV. Right. Right. And his friend was going to tow it to this park for him, that he found this park on his own through his own searching that was far enough removed away from the situation he's in now to where he'd actually have a chance. He could start over. He could start over. Yeah. He, he, he realized that. I was like, well done, sir. So um, I start calling record services that are in that town, Decatur. And come across one that's like, yeah, we'll do it. And it take a few. It took a few days for him to give me the quote. We'll do it for five hundred fifty bucks. Holy shit! Okay, five hundred fifty bucks. You're gonna take your big rig, an hour and a half down the road, hook this sucker up, and so three three hour round trip yeah. plus the hookup. I was like, that is a bargain. Yeah. So I tell Tony this. I'm figuring this out in the, the parking lot when I get that quote. And I'm like, Tony, that's nothing. 
This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Impact Tactical. Impact is a tactical outfitter for the men and women of our military, police, fire departments, and other public safety around the country. Impact's core beliefs is that fearless men and women protect our freedom and safety should have access to the best tactical performance apparel, equipment, and tools on the market. And they shouldn't have to go broke to get it. I've used Impact for about 11 years, and I can attest that they do live up to their core values. So you get a personal recommendation from me. You can find them at impacttactical.com. That's M-P-A-K tactical.com. And be sure to tell them that two cops, one donut sent you. He's like, well, I, I don't get paid till the 15th. You know, can I pay you back? I'm like, well, I ain't paying for it. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not going to like. I got two kids at home. Yeah, like, like, I got dogs. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I will if it comes down to it. Right. We'll just figure it out. But, but we got enough resources. We, we can find that's the money. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. We got enough resources. And we through, can find it. Through the whole car show stuff, like, you just see the amount of support that's out there. Yeah. Like, it's a no-brainer. Yeah. You could probably, honestly, with the outreach you have in your community, mm-hmm. not to mention me, I could post that, and we could have that in an hour. Right. So. So. I tell the guy, yep, let's schedule it. So he does, he puts us on the, the schedule. I think it was a Tuesday. And he goes, let us get it done, and then we'll settle up. I'm like, all right, cool. Fair enough. So in the meantime, I know I need to raise 550. So I reach out to my bike racing team, Trinity, Trinity Racing. and uh, Trinity helped out. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I, I, I put, posted it on our team app, and, yeah, people Very came cool. forward, Hell threw yeah. some money in the pot. But we still need a little more. My buddy at work, Dosi Do Pizza. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He's like uh, future sponsor of Two Cops One Donut. The best pizza out there. Oh my. Have you had God. it? I haven't had it yet. Oh. I we just found out. Okay, just for All folks right. listening, um, a coworker of mine has his own pizza place called Dosi Do. Phenomenal. Um, he's from New York, and he makes these pre-made <sighs> pizzas and and sells them. It's a little side business for him. You know where the meat board is on Camp Bowie. No, I never. Shop? I haven't. I'm invited to the next one. Okay. So I haven't done it yet, but I know what you're talking about. The red, the the. It's a butcher shop. You know, oh, it is actual. You, you can go in there for lunch or order whatever you want. They got salads, they got burgers, and all that kind of stuff. They okay. sell his pizzas in their cooler. Oh, so that's what I'm getting at. Okay. You can go in there anytime you want and buy. Very cool. Buy dosi dose. So, nice. Yeah. Yeah. So he's yeah he's he said he wanted to sponsor the show like a small sponsorship just to. He wants to help support another cop. He's a veteran. Yeah. And so once he learned the story about Tony, he's like, how can I help? And I was like, you can help uh, settle this tow bill. <laughs> he's like, hell yeah, I'm in. So he, so I got the bill covered. Nice. Right? We got the money. So now we just got to get it done. Did you get any extra? No. Nothing? Oh, I didn't mean for you. I mean for him. No. Oh, okay. You just, so no, you just covered we, the bill? We, we barely made enough to cover the bill. Okay. Gotcha. Put it, put it that way. Yeah. However, I'm not good at this kind of shit. I put it out there how much the bill was. Ah. See what I'm saying? I got you. Yeah. Like, hey, we only need to raise this much. So I think when people see that, like, oh, I'll chip in 20 bucks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, you know, you'll get 100 more people. It's easy. Yeah. So anyways, we, we got enough. Just leave it at that. And the, we go down there um, with approval from Sarge and all that. Uh, this definitely helped through this whole process to have supervisor support. Oh, for sure. Support from the whole freaking yeah. chain. Yeah. They were all they were all on board. Like, this is badass. Absolutely. Like, what can we do to help you help you see the truth? Anyways, so I drive down there to Granbury, meet the wrecker, meet Bobby and his wife. And at the same time that we're down there hooking it up, Tony is getting a lift from his buddy who actually has a car and knows him. And he's gonna go to the R V park, make sure the spot's secure, good to go, because that was a challenge I gave him. 
I go, before we get this thing on this, on this record, you need to call me and tell me we are good to go hundred percent before we tow this thing an hour and a half up the fucking road and can't park it. And we're turned away yeah. because the owner of this RV park is like, oh, I didn't agree to an old 1982 Winnebago piece of shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Not yeah. a piece of shit. It's, it's old and dirty. Yeah. Right? Well, a lot of these parks, they like, they have a, um, a rule like yeah. your, your RV can't be more than seven years old or stuff I'm like saying. that. Cause yeah. my dad in his retirement, he's got an RV. Uh, that's not an RV, but whatever you know, a mm-hmm. livable quarter right. um, trailer on property on a uh, Lake Fork. Yeah. Now, you know, it's, it's, but it has to be from like 2015 or above. Right. Okay? Yeah. Well, and so through this process, the, the wife, the sheriff's wife, she's, she told me, she's like, uh, the owner of this RV part, she, this person approved this class. I was like, uh, and then I don't know the last <laughs> thing about RV parks. Right. right. Yeah. I was like, shit, good call. So I tell Tony like, Hey man, Send her these pictures of the RV. And he does. He does it all. So um, I even talked to her at one point through this, told her the story, told her it's legit. And she was all on board. She's like, yep, yeah, just get it here. We'll take care of them. Very no, cool. no problem at all. So I was like, hell yeah. Every step of the way. Somebody's been supportive. So everybody. Like, I tell them the story. Tell them who I am. Tell them who Tony is, what Tony has done. Yeah. And they're like, tell me how I can help. Nice. Period. Yeah. That's yeah. It's, awesome. it's beautiful. And yeah. so the his name was Drew, the record driver felt so bad for this dude <laughs> we got to get this class c pulled out to the street so he can even have a chance to hook up the front wheels right because he's gonna have to drag it by the rear okay you can't get it on the flat. if you put this thing on the flatbed it'd be so tall he'd be hitting power lines oh no so he's got to for one get the rear drums freed up the brakes because they've been sitting for a long decade up. they're all rusted yeah and we got to get it back down into the street so the uh <laughs> the guy who owns it um, old timer, he's got a big diesel. So he hooks a chain up to it and drags it out to the street. No wheels are moving. <laughs> just, just, just sliding, skidding, just getting <laughs> onto the street and finally gets it there. So the wrecker can back up to it. So we got it to that point. That record driver worked for something like three hours to get the rear wow. drums to free up. It's a dually. So he had to take off the outside wheels and on the driver's side, he took off both wheels to access the whole drum and just, Pounded away on it just to break up the rust and yeah. all that. Got it going, man. No shit. Got it going. So, and so, yeah. So this hasn't even gone to the Operation Texas Strong yet. No, they they met us there uh, in Granbury. Okay. To give the donor the paperwork to write to right. You know, for donation for purposes, so yeah. they can write it off. Um. So they're. They're kind of like the middleman, even yeah. though this RV never made it to their lot, right? right. They're, they're the reason for the donation. Yeah. Right? Correct. So it's it's a legit donation now mm-hmm. because it went through a nonprofit. So the title goes from the donor. I carry it up to Tony, and now it's signed over to Tony. Okay. And he signs it. And so, um, so yeah, Texas uh, Operation Texas Strong was involved from that point. Okay. They, they wanted to be there and see the RV, take pictures of it, meet me. They, I still haven't met Bobby yet at this point, face-to-face anyways. And uh, they see the RV off, and then they go, they go back to work. And uh, so I follow the record driver all the way up to Decatur <laughs> with the lights on and stuff to keep oh, traffic off of us. Very cool. And people are like triple looking like, what the hell? Is he chasing them? Like, <laughs> what, what I kept assuming the whole time, like if I saw that ride down the road, it'd be like, that's evidence. 
Oh, yeah. That's a meth lab or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Breaking Bad. That's, that's Walter White's yeah. RV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There it is. There it is. You're getting better. I'm getting better. Woo. I remember. All right. We're rolling now, buddy. <laughs> so, so we get it up there, and it took freaking all day. I like literally, like, it was a nine, ten hour day for that record driver. Oof. For so, 550 bucks. So Bobby down there, Bobby, who's a record driver, you know, owner himself, uh-huh. does this kind of shit. He knew what this guy was going through. He tipped that guy pretty well down there. Oh, which nice. he did not have to do. Yeah. And let me say that this operation, their nonprofit, is funded by them. They get some donations, but because people just don't know about them that much, yeah. that's getting fixed. But just a lot of people don't know about them, so they don't get a ton of donations monetary-wise. Uh-huh. So a lot of this effort's funded by them. I'm going to add, add them to my charities page. Hell yeah. Yeah. And whatever they can make through their record service is what helps fund the, the toes and, and repair work or whatever they need to do to get this donated trailer to this homeless vet. You know what I mean? Yeah. So anyways, we, we get it up there. Um, he unloads it, uh, and Tony's up there and super appreciative. He hadn't seen it in person yet okay <laughs> like it needs a little work it needs some love he was a fuel specialist fuels yeah. yeah yeah and uh when he was enlisted and uh he, he knows his way around he he's a handy dude yeah and seeing the pictures what he's done to that thing now i just got some yesterday and the thing looks brand new on top of what the organization did organization didn't do anything because it came from the donor straight to Tony. Oh, it never came to them. Okay. So they don't, okay. So they didn't fix it up at all. Mm -mm. Tony did it all. Mm -hmm. No shit. Yep. So a lot of this, Tony, he get a lift from, so anyways, the, the drew shows up with the RV. We get there, we unload it, get leveled out and all that. Get some water hooked up to it. Find it has some leak. Like, of course, it's a 1982. It's going to yeah. need some work, but uh, it's got an old AC unit on the roof that technically is working. Oh, but it's not draining well. The fins are all smashed on the on the yeah the yeah. coils. So, um, it needs some love. Mm-hmm. But is it a roof over his head? Is it better than a Walmart parking lot? Shit, yeah, yeah. And he's super appreciative, especially now that he's got something to focus on. Yeah, he's got his project. So, anyways, he's been doing wonders with it, and he's been getting lifts from some people in the in the little park that yeah. have come to know him and appreciate him because he's been helping them out too. Oh yeah, yeah, getting lifts to Lowe's and and stuff like that. So, anyway, I call the record uh, drive the record service owner mm-hmm. when we're leaving. I'm like, hey man, how do I settle up with you? you want my card number or whatever? And he's like, uh, get a hold of me Thursday. And it's Tuesday at this point. You know, he was busy at the time. Is what he made me sound. He's like, all right. So Thursday rolls around and I call him. His name was Terry. And uh it's Kemp's telling. And call him up Thursday. He's like, you know what? Don't worry about it. We we got this one. No shit. I was like, he shit me, man. I was like, your your dude spent almost 10 hours of his day getting this one RV to like really? Yeah. He's like, we we just want to help. I was like, God, okay. All right. No shit. Well, thanks, man. Good for them. <laughs> Good for them, though. Yeah, oh, That's awesome. Fantastic. I think he had heard the story. I yeah. made a Facebook post about it, and then they, the operation shared it, and it kind of blew up a little bit. Yeah. Especially from something that I would post. Right. I get like 20, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I never I never use social media. Yeah. And uh, anyways. You need to. 
Yeah. Well, I found that how advantageous it can be for something like this because yes. Operation Texas Strong is um, not, not this is obviously not just because of my post, but people sharing it and then doing yeah. their own thing about it right. and stuff like that. The story's been getting around and they've been getting a hell of a, hell of a lot of donations here lately. That's awesome. Um, but uh, yeah, so he did, he didn't want my money. All right. Here you so go, no, Tony. Got, here's 550 bucks. Well, <laughs> I didn't want to, I didn't want to just, he needs parts and shit, right? Yeah. So, uh, I think it was the next weekend or the weekend after I took my boys out there on the weekend, uh, in my truck and we stopped by Lowe's on the way, got him the gift cards and got him some roof sealer and got, just got him some stuff he need. He had already told me he needed for the RV. Cause I kept asking him. Yeah. And, uh, cause again, he doesn't tell me shit. I have to keep asking him, like, yeah. hey, man, what, what's the latest? And he was like, ah, well, you know, the toilet leaks and all that kind of stuff. Like, I right. saw him. Yeah. Oh, oh. Uh, yeah, I almost had it. I thought you had him. Mosquito. Yeah. There's a mosquito in the room. We keep trying to get him. And uh, so, yeah, that's where I put the money into Lowe's gift cards and stuff. And he's been using it for to seal stuff up and make it livable. Okay. So the biggest hurdle, though, because th- it was hot as balls, man, when we did this. Yeah. That AC, AC unit. Wouldn't keep up. Okay. It was trying. It was trying its best, but he sourced a window unit from uh, somebody willing to help in the park, and that was helping a little bit. But uh, when I went to um, Western Trailers off of Camp Bowie, I'm going to do it, man. I'm going to plug the shit out of them because they're do awesome. It. Western Trailers off of Camp Bowie West okay. near near the Loop. Um, oh, you're good. Keep I think going. they've been there for... I don't know how many decades they've been there a long time and the owner works in there and her employees, when I went in there and told them the story and told them, Hey man, the dude needs AC unit. How much are those? And this is before I did the Lowe's thing because I'm thinking I'm going to put that money towards an AC unit. Mm-hmm. So sorry, I got ahead of myself a little bit. I'm like, we're going to take that money. Cause he doesn't know I raised that money first off. So I'm going to put that towards an AC unit you know, treat him to a brand new one or whatever, or use them something better than what he's got. Yeah. And, uh, went in there, told the story. Like, Oh yeah, man, we, we got these things. They're, they're the same size cut out on all of them. Even back then they're like 14 by 14 or whatever. Yeah. They'll look a little different on top, but the hole that goes into the roof's all the same seals the same. Okay, cool. So we got some sitting in the back. Now I just got to pick it up. And I oh, how much? Nah, don't worry about it. We'll, we'll write it off. We just want to help. Holy okay. shit. Okay. Nice. So they donated one. <laughs> so they donated that. And the dude, the tech that worked there at the time, his name's Johnny. He heard about it and he's like, here's my number. Gave me a cell phone number. He's like, when you get it up there and you need any help, call me. If you guys can't get it, I'll go up there on my weekend and help them out. Okay. Fuck yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. All right. So Pick it up in the truck, still have the money. That's what happened. Yeah. So we had the AC unit in the back. We went and got the Lowe's stuff, delivered it to him. So he's got a brand new AC unit on top, blowing ice cold. Nice. And he's got that inside crisp and clean. Like I went and picked him up, uh, was that last week, to go to the council session because mm-hmm. Michael Crane wanted to do a kind of a, a little uh, recognition about the whole thing. Who's Michael Crane? Out. He's the council member for my area. Okay. So my two beats encompass his district. Sounds or, like sorry, Michael. his district encompassed my two beats. Michael Crane, okay. great, great guy. Sounds like Michael Crane needs to be on the show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, he'd probably love it. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, he did a little uh, spotlight on it at the Tuesday Council work session. Very cool. So I had to go pick him up for that, and then Bobby met us there, and he gave him a ride back. But when I went and picked up Tony for that, 
he was show, he was very proud. Like showing me, you know, what he's done is amazing. He, oh, he, he's taken this opportunity and, and been running with it. So, well, whatever pictures you got from it, send mm-hmm. them to me and I'll post them when I post the story. All right. Because I'm sure people that are interested in yeah. in this are going to want to follow through yeah. and see see exactly what it started from to what it became. Yeah. So that'd be cool. But yeah, just to go back to like when you meet somebody as a cop trying to work your area and, and try to do something, mm-hmm. you meet somebody like Tony who actually gives a shit and they're going to put forth their own effort too. Yeah. I mean, what the hell, man, it's easy. Right. There's nothing to it. Yeah. And <laughs> this operation Texas strong, but trying to tell other officers about it. If you meet a homeless veteran on your beat, look into it. Yeah. Because if they're getting, because it's a special situation. They might be getting VA benefits. They have enough coming in to cover rent at some RV park of their choosing, whatever. So yeah. now the only real challenge lies in getting that donated trailer from wherever it's coming from to the RV park that so-and-so wants to go, right? Yeah. That's it. So that towing service, I met another one in the city that we work that's willing to help, said they will they will hook it up. Okay. They'll, they'll help. Nice. And so... Uh, the word's getting out, and now that people are starting to realize how easy this can be to get a homeless veteran off the street yeah. and give them a chance at least, right? if they want it, uh, it's a piece of cake. That's awesome. Yeah. That is awesome, man. I And, I mean, people don't know, this story blew up. Like, um, I'm actually behind the curve. Uh, I just, I knew Joey had done this. I saw a fox news article that was about to happen i guess and yeah it fell through oh did it yeah they they contacted us on a sunday morning said hey this was uh fox and friends the national like yeah like a good morning america type thing and they, and they shared the link from the cbs one that they had done a, a story on it yeah and um and like hey we we saw this this is a great story would you guys be willing to come on and we were going to meet down at they were going to send two of their camera people down to meet us and do it live. Yeah. But it, it fell through. What they ended the fuck? Up, they ended up emailing us that night at like 10 p.m. saying, so sorry, but we have to cancel. Hopefully we can reschedule. We haven't heard from him since. So. Okay. So I just had Chad Prather on. Mm-hmm. Chad um, works for Daily or The Blaze or something like that. Um, he's got his own TV show and whatnot. But I guarantee if he finds out about this, it may be some. I don't know exactly what he has on his show. I don't know like what his format is yeah. like if it's only politics or if he right, right 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 but um i'll try to put it on his radar see if he'd be interested i'm not saying that i've got it like that like i'm networked yeah, that yeah, tight yeah, with yeah. the guy but yeah, hey are. i'll throw it out to him if it works it works awesome but that'd be, yeah that'd be great because the uh, whole I, I you probably don't need to now because it's been on two cops one donut it's true let's face it you know you're gonna get done t- deal yeah tens yeah. of tens of people are gonna see this now so so many like five yeah, yeah, five or six at yeah. least, including yeah. our parents, because our parents are going to watch it because we're on it. So, so to the ten people out there listening, thank you. Yeah, yeah, oh. you're welcome. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but man, it's like, you know, I, I now the, the Hope Unit, you know, like Mike knows about it, and mm-hmm. uh, he's been contacting me. Like he just met a guy the other day. He was enlisted in, in uh, I think he was discharged in the '80s. No shit. <laughs> he's an old timer. Okay. He, uh, and he, big struggle for that guy, but he's getting VA benefits. He's getting three grand a month, which this is a point I wanted to bring up at three grand a month. This is our benefits that he's getting through the VA. He makes too much to qualify for housing. Ah, uh, where yeah. we're at. 
And the whole housing challenge, like if we were to get Tony into the housing issue, let's just say he wasn't bringing in enough and he qualified. Right. Problem with those situations is they're not removed from the challenges that surround them when they're on the streets. They're still surrounded by those challenges and those temptations and all that kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Whether it be narcotics or whatever. Right. They're not completely removed from that. Like they would be at it. When you go that far out of the way, an hour and a half up the road to an RV park. Yeah. Like, it seems so random to say, but so simple. Yeah. So, you got so many RVs out there that uh, are collecting dust, and the owner is never going to use them again. They just don't know how the hell to get rid of it. Well, here you go. Here's your opportunity. It's fucking awesome, though, man. I love good stories, good success stories, good stories where an officer actually puts... I'm not going to say you put minimal effort. You you didn't put minimal effort, but I know how the job goes. It just takes a second to give a shit. Yep. That's it. Yep. Give a shit. Like take time to hear someone's story. It doesn't matter how much preconceived notion you have that the guy's full of shit. It doesn't take much to look into it and see if what they're saying is bullshit. Mm-hmm. Said he's a veteran. Okay. Well, let me reach out to a liaison. Cool. He is a veteran. Yep. All right. I can go from that. Because that's the first thing, right? You're being told something by somebody that needs help. And, of course, our first, you know. The cynical part. Yeah. Cynical. Like, it's. it's, Yeah. But because we've been lied to so many times. Like, and I try to tell this to the public. Like, community, listen. Even the most honest person lies to us. Like, it's weird. It is weird. It's like people have an inherent nature to lie to police, not about like about stuff that doesn't matter. Like that you will. And we, we will figure it out. We see through it. So that is where the cynical part of cops and stuff like that starts to come through where we're just like, Oh, you're full of shit. Yeah. You're full of shit. Well, you know what? Not everybody is full of shit and it just takes some work, some self-reflection as you as a cop to look back and go, okay, am I giving this guy a fair shake? And, you know, I've caught myself doing it. Oh, this person's full of shit. Like, and I look back and I'm like, is that something you're willing to risk, Levine? Is it, do you really want to just go off of a preconceived notion because you've been bullshitted with so many times? Or do you, you actually going to put just a half a? Yep. When I had my first beat, the one before I have now, and I was in my first year as an MPO, met a guy behind a Walmart this time. Okay. He was a homeless guy. He claimed to be a veteran. And, uh, super soft-spoken, just the nicest guy. And, man, he had some struggles. And it wasn't, it was all about depression. He wasn't a user, anything like that. He didn't show any of those typical signs, you know what I mean? And I was like, first time meeting him, and he starts telling me a little bit. And uh, I was like, hey, man, you like coffee? He's like, yeah, I love coffee. I was like, let's go get a cup of coffee. That's that's so, the Joey Spraggins so, way. Yeah. I don't know. Let's, side, <laughs> let's, let's go down that rabbit hole real quick. <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna sidetrack from Joey's important story here to explain how Joey Spriggins got me off of uh, sugary coffees uh, into being a man and drinking black coffee. <laughs> so enjoy coffee for the taste. Yeah. So I've been a cop probably six, seven years at the time. We meet in the academy, um, and you know Joey's like, "Let's go get coffee." I'm like, all right, cool. I the only real <laughs> coffee I like is from Starbucks, and it's a uh, peppermint mocha. That was it. That was the only coffee I liked. 
you know, being from <laughs> Michigan, cold weather, like that's the perfect mountainside. Yeah, we ragged the hell out of you too. Yeah, for that. Like, yeah. you ordered a what? A peppermint mocha <laughs> with extra salt or something. Uh, like that? A lot of foam. Yep. Or whip. Yep. Extra whip. Yeah. <laughs> so I liked. Uh, that's what I liked. I didn't. I didn't know any better. So, um, he's like, we're gonna, we're gonna make this a project. He's like, you're not just gonna suddenly like coffee. So I'm gonna guide you down and he did <laughs> we started with like some um some coffee with i think a syrup in there mm -hmm. and then and then you got me you know like okay we got three pumps in this one next time we'll do two pumps and then yep. the next time we'll get down to one and then we'll switch to a just a sugar packet and and then now look at me i got you know a regular delivery of black rifle coffee <laughs> in the keurig and that's all i drink i don't put anything in it Yep, and that's because that's good directly because of this man. <laughs> he is the reason. You can blame me. I'm yeah, sorry. yeah. So, but I became a coffee connoisseur. Like I, I know what I'm looking for. Yeah, when you stop putting shit in it, yeah, you start actually tasting it for what it. You yeah, it's just like it's like whiskey. It's like coffee. I see somebody take something yeah. like this and put coke in there, and oh, I'm God. like, I will murder you. Not in this place. I say, call him. Say I, that for Jack Daniels. I call it. I call it bitch blankets. Mm. You're basically putting a bitch blanket over your bourbon. <laughs> Don't bitch blanket your bourbon, guys. Brilliant. Yeah. We you know what? That. I think I just figured out a new hat that I'm going to get made. Bitch blanket. Bitch blanket. <laughs> Don't bitch blanket your bourbon. That's what it's going to be. I, like it. <laughs> I don't know if that's a real thing, but nice. yeah. Nice. So, okay. Back to, um, real well, topics here. We're so we you had about? the, the second oh, guy yeah. behind the Walmart. He was soft spoken. He had a little bit of depression issues. Uh, yeah. He was suicidal. Oh, and you know, I, we went and got a cup and this is my first year being an MPO and I'm trying to like exploit the hell out of actually having that kind of time to do that. Mm -hmm. Right. Like I don't have to, <laughs> <laughs> that one's loud. <laughs> oh, that's Sorry. Sorry. I didn't know so that, that was going to That's a cork to a whiskey bottle. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Drink that little bit. Of, I just yeah, want you to. Yeah, I'm giving yeah. you a splash. Yeah, just a splash. Yeah, because you got to drive after this. So. This is um, Blue Note unfiltered, uncut. This is a, this is a very rare find, sir. So I just wanted you to have a taste. Thank you. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, so, but I didn't know my bottle was going to intrude. <laughs> the, I wanted to like hear this dude's story. Like he told me he was a veteran, and he checked out in the long run at the time. Oh, so he was a veteran. He was he was an army veteran. Yeah. Okay. And he'd been out for just a few years, but he told me his story, man. And holy shit, I had to do with his wife passing away while he was deployed, and she oh, was in no. she was in the army also. Got in a car, like he couldn't handle it. Alcoholism got him, and uh, he ended up homeless. Like, long story short, he told me the whole story, but long story short, he ended up homeless because of that tragedy. Yeah. He couldn't handle it. Yeah. And, Who could? All right. Shit. So, anyways, I forget now why he ended up in the city he did, but I was like, shit, man, do you want help? He's like, yeah, would love it. Just nobody's, it doesn't know where to go. Yeah. And, uh, even he'd been through the shelters and still hadn't learned anything about housing. I don't know how that happened, but it did. Yeah. He ended up where he was. And uh, so I, I reached out um, to a uh, outreach group yeah. and they met us there at that time. <clears throat> like they were like, wait, you're there with them now? And I'm like, yeah, we're having a cup of coffee. Yeah. Like, well, yeah, we're coming. So they show up and these are the, uh, 
the outreach people, I think it was Helping Hands, was the outreach group that works with the city, right? Yeah. And they showed up. They got all of his information and put him in the housing, um, uh, put him on the housing list. And because he's a veteran, you get fast-tracked. There's a couple of reasons why you'll get fast-tracked on housing. Like, you have kids, maybe you're pregnant. There's some emergent reasons. But if you're a veteran and you check out, you'll get fast-tracked. Okay. Um, and sure shit he did. But at that time, I had to take him to the hospital because he was claiming he wanted to hurt himself. Oh, right? okay. And so I took him there, you know, hopefully to get him the help he needed. And um, he didn't have a phone, which really <laughs> typical that, that story. Is, that is everything. Yeah. I had no way of contacting him. And you'll constantly hear that joke. So get him an Obama phone. Right, yeah. Like, listen, so people, you have no idea how much how a it phone works. in yeah. itself fucking helps. It yes. helps you help them. It does. Yeah. It really, really does because you got to be able to communicate. And so he gets a ride to the hospital, take him up there, release him. I'm like, hey, man, I'm going to do my best to stay in touch with you. So we get past that. Of course, I don't hear and at the minimum, when an officer takes someone in to be mental apt, right? Right. Because they're suicide, you know, whatever. There's a 72-hour hold. So I wait that time, and I don't see him in my beat. I called the Helping Hands place. They, they haven't heard from him. And uh, I called the hospital. I've never done this before. Okay. They said they've never been, they've never had this happen before. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, has this guy been discharged? I know you can't tell me, like, Medical because information, HIPAA, you yeah. know, but is he still there? And they're like, no, he was released, you know, the day before or whatever. And I was like, fuck. So me and myself and the outreach group, we stayed in contact for a little bit. Like we kept trying to find him. And we never could find him. And to the outreach people, they, their best guess was, is that he killed himself. No. Yeah. And I don't know that for sure. Yeah. But it's just like. So you can't find him to no, this day. Nope. And I, 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 I ran his name for years after that, seeing if he was in our system. And that was the last Contact. time we handled him. So it's either, hey, man, I'll get, you know, we'll think the best, right? That he got a ride or something and he's out. You know, I'm he's, already tearing up, you asshole. So. But, you know, but to the outreach people who have seen this time and time again, they're like, they knew him because they had been talking with him. Yeah. Like, no, we think he, you know, so. No shit. I always think about that. And I'm like, if that guy had had a phone in the second he was out of that hospital, he could call me. Yeah. You know what I mean? The difference it could have possibly made. We could meet up, go get lunch. Yeah. You know, just have somebody to contact. Yeah. And when you're an officer and you're that person, you're that point of contact for that person, it changes everything. Yeah. Because for Tony to have that, as the, as his point of contact and not uh, some outreach not, group yeah. person, you know what I mean? Social yeah. worker. Who's got to help a ton of people. It changed everything yeah. for his outlook. Yeah. It did. So I was willing to exploit the shit out of that. Yeah. And run with it. I'm with right? you. Because yeah. we're in a unique spot as cops. Yeah. To really flip the script for yeah. people. We're held to a higher standard. And that higher standard comes with some, some benefit yep. uh, that police are too sometimes uh, proud to use. Yep. Where I get it. You don't want to use it for that free cup of coffee. You don't want to use it for that free meal. But when you start to flex it because you're helping not just that person at that yep. time, it's the big picture. Yep. You're helping society. So you're helping everybody else like that was going to call on him. Yeah. Once we got Tony there and you know, he's trying to get the thing running. 
right? Yeah. Because he's an engine. He knows he knows engines. So he's like challenged himself. Like, I'm going to get this thing running. Yeah. And so he told me the fuel line was clogged. And he needs some fuel line. I'm like, all right, there's an auto zone on my beat. So I go into the auto zone. I talk to the manager. Tell him the story. Tell him the story. Fuck yeah. And I'm like, hey, got this guy. We got him in RV. He's a homeless veteran. And I learned, I learned about her. Her name's Angel. And... <laughs> Ironically enough, right? Yeah. And <laughs> I start learning about her. Yeah. And she lives in the town next door. And she's part of a group that helps veterans. And I'm like, holy shit, here we go. So <laughs> she gets my contact, I get hers. She shares my story to a Facebook page in her town, which is right next door. Nick blows up over there. And so these, she's got people over there willing to help. And I end up meeting a lady who does um, estate sales. And she's always been trying to find a way to pay it forward through all the shit she gets through these estate sales. Like okay. she gets good TVs. She gets good furniture, all this stuff. Oh, and brilliant. We get in contact through this because I went into this auto zone and told Angel. this manager. <laughs> yeah. And oh, and by the way, she hooks me up with fuel line and all this shit that Tony needs and I get it out to him. He gets the thing running. So that he was right. Yeah. Okay. He got this fucking thing. I love that his credibility just keeps checking, checking boxes. Like every time he tells you he's doing something. Yeah. Imagine a 1982 works. Winnebago that's been sitting close to a decade with the sludge that's been sitting in that oil pan. And yeah. Gas oh yeah. He got it cleaned out. He got it running, purring like a kitten. And he actually drove it around the RV park just to say he did. <laughs> God, could you imagine the confidence? <laughs> this episode of the podcast is brought to you by HRH Combat Arms. They can turn your vision into reality. They specialize in gunsmithing and Cerakoting. Your Cerakote specialist is Air Force veteran and retired police sergeant Paul Ware, a.k.a. the Sarge. He can Cerakote your firearms, auto parts, tools, even your sports equipment. This veteran-owned business is located at 5025 Saunders Suite, 103, Fort Worth, Texas, 76119. You can call Call them at 682-304-0363. And you can find them online at www.hrhcombatarms.com. That's www.hrhcombatarms. Builder, that's been for a guy who just keeps getting slapped down. That's what I'm saying. Just that's the confidence. Like, I mean, you, you give him the yeah. tools, and then instead of just handing it to him and making yep. fixing it for him, he's, yep. he's building his own way. So I meet this real estate lady through the AutoZone manager, and she's like, what does he need? I was like, you know what would be really cool? Hook him up with a TV. Like, yeah. give him a little yeah. RV-sized TV. Give him something. He's so he can relax. Yeah, don't chill. give him a 72-inch lady. Nah. <laughs> I mean, as cool as that would be, we right? can't fit it. Yeah. So she calls me over the weekend, this weekend, and sources one. It's like, hey, can you meet me Monday, tomorrow morning? So yeah. I'm meeting her tomorrow morning, picking up this TV for Tony. And she's acquiring some woodworking tools for him because he's helping people out in the RV park. Yeah. And needs. You know what I'd tools. like to get, Tony? Mm. This is just uh, outside thinking in. Um you're in an RV park, right? And you're basically limited to the confines of that RV. And how nice would it be, you know, just like us wanting to go to the movie theater, going to any of that stuff, have the ability to have um, maybe an inflatable outdoor theater. Inflatable outdoor theater? Have you seen theater? one? No. So this is a big thing now. They're super cheap. They're not expensive. It's an really? inexpensive thing. Okay. You basically get like this little pocket-sized projector mm -hmm. that can connect through your phone. And it will play a movie. Okay. Projects on an outdoor. All right. That way he can get outside of his thing. Um, you know, let's, let's, you know, if he wants to play video game, whatever the hell he wants to play, just get him yeah. outside of the RV. I'm just thinking outside the box. Um, That'd be badass. Yeah. It's not like, you know, there's so many luxuries we have these days. Yeah. That I think we take but, advantage of Netflix, all that shit. God, that'd just be something. That would be awesome. 
I think that'd be cool. To get serious, though, for someone like Tony, who has suffers extreme PTSD, yeah. who, dude doesn't sleep. Yeah. Like, the, some of the stories, when I drove him to the council uh, work session meeting, I, I pried a little bit. Dude, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I asked him, I was like, so what happened? Like, he listed in 01, got out in, I think, 2010. He said he was in for roughly nine years. Oh, shit. So he... And, yeah. And he kind of bounced around from place to place and has been homeless for close to 10 years up to this point. Damn. Because he met some people that gave a shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? And let's face it, the job that he did in the military doesn't exactly apply outside. Exactly. So there, therein lies the issue. That's why I was asking. I was like, man, what happened? And his family, no nice way of putting it, sucks. Yeah. And he did not have the support system he needed when he came back home. Yeah. Period. And he fell apart and he um, didn't want anything to do with them because there was some land that was owed to him through his grandfather. He passed away. He deploys it while he's deployed. His family sells this shit off. So when he comes back, he's got nothing to come back to. So he stays in and I'm sure they kept the money and he probably would have stayed in the service if he could have, but he was, Shot three different times um, and eventually got deemed, um, I don't know what you term it, but unemployable. Oh, you see, probably medically discharged because of his. Right. Yeah. um, He's honorably discharged. Yeah. So he he didn't get a medical, but because of his PTSD, he can't find work. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how that works through the VA or or, um, whatever that you show so many signs of whatever that they deem you unemployable, but they're not giving you a hundred percent. Yeah. So he's caught in this loop. Yeah. And now I, I, I think it's been fixed since then. Yeah. But at the time, the the, the time window you're talking about, like we didn't learn that shit. Right. He's probably one of the reasons we know it now. Exactly. Yeah. And, And of course, and you know, I've said it before, I'm sure there were many steps of the way he did. He made decisions that weren't smart. Yeah. And didn't go to help himself out. You know right. what I mean? But who's to say, yeah. you know, what a person in that condition. Exactly. Motherfucker, you've been shot three times. But I, I <laughs> what I can say for 100% certainty that every step of the way through this process, yeah. anything he said he was going to do, he did. And the dude does give a shit. Yeah. He just needed to learn that those around him give a shit also. Yeah. And you can trust him. Yeah. I'm sure he had to build some trust there. Oh, yeah. So... I kept giving him those little challenges when we were like meeting to talk like, Hey, I'm going to come this time tomorrow. Yeah. Right. You be here and we'll talk about this or that. Right. Yeah. He would. So I kind of do that for certain people just to, just to test them out. Like, am I going to waste my time with this person? I have another homeless lady on my beat. I'm doing the same thing with, and she says she wants the help. I'm like, cool, but you got to do this. Yeah. The, the Mike, the homeless guy reached out to me last week and he said, Hey, got a homeless veteran. The guy who uh, was enlisted in the eighties. I'm like, don't have a phone, but he's getting three grand a month. Like, what are you doing with your money, man? Yeah. I'm like, all right, here's the first step. Let's get you your go, phone. <laughs> you go get you a throw down. I don't care what kind of phone it is. Yeah. It's going to be cheapest. I don't care. Here's my number. And I give him my number. I go, you call me with the phone that you get. You take that first step. That's all you got to do, buddy. That's all I'm asking you to do. Once you do that, we're going to get you on the road, but you're going to get it. Oh, you got it. I think I got it. I, I think you got it. The mosquito. He's you did it. I got him. Yeah. yeah. Fuck, him. Fuck right. that mosquito. Right. Yep. Let's, uh, this podcast brought to you. Nope. <laughs> Not that one. Not that one. <laughs>
<laughs> this episode. Nope, not that one either. I don't know what these sounds do. Nope, not that one either. Okay, <laughs> keep going. So, <laughs> I don't know what the buttons do. I thought I had some. You could some. have done the wah, wah, wah for the poor mosquito that just died. Go to hell, mosquito. Yeah, fuck mosquitoes. <laughs> Hashtag fuck mosquitoes. <laughs> you take away anything yeah. from this Sing episode. Makes you cough. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. That's good stuff, though. Yeah. So, anyways, there it is. And so I still stay in contact with him. I kind of consider him a buddy now, but yeah. um, he sends me pictures all the time of the latest thing he's done. Yeah. He's proud of it. That's awesome. You know what I mean? He's yeah. proud of it. And But the big challenge now is I, I kind of uh, veered off this track. He needs, he needs, a, he needs a car. There okay. is a VA office indicator where he's at. Mm-hmm. He can't get to it. His contact for a VA office is back here. See what I'm saying? They're okay. the ones that are aware of where he's at in his path to 100%. Yeah. But once he's there, once that's all done, he needs his medication for PTSD to sleep. I bet. They don't mail that shit. You have to go pick it pick up. Pick it up. Oh. He can't ask for a ride every fucking time. You know what I mean? Yeah. He needs to be able to have a ride. And so, that stuff builds up. You have yep. to stay regular on that Got stuff. Got to. Yeah. And for him, luckily, it, it doesn't uh, like surface itself in like bipolar type way. Or he, violent the, tendencies. The stuff dude like that. just, I think, falls depressed and, and doesn't sleep. And yeah. Um, but every time I've talked to him, man, he's squared away. Yeah. hundred percent. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, he, he needs to be able to get around. So we're working on, he filled out his application online for Alabama, which is where he's originally from to get a copy of his birth certificate. Cause his family's got all that shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There's some big struggles here, but we're, we're getting past them. So I'm helping him with that. Give him a return address to send that. Cause you can't do, you can't do his RV. You can't put his RV park down as a mailing address. Everybody that lives there has a PO box. Okay. And in order, every step of the way, he's got something, right? So in order to get his birth certificate, they don't accept PO boxes, (laughs) right? You got to have a a physical address. So whatever. Um, Shit, he can use mine. uh, I I gave him an address. Oh, did you? Okay, I was like, fuck it. Tell him he can use mine. That's what I'm saying, right? Yeah. So so we're, we're getting past that hurdle to get his copy of his legit license. Okay. Right? And then... Hopefully we can get him a car, but that truck is still sitting in that storage unit. It's a 2018 Tacoma with a, everything good except the block. Transmission's good, cab's good, bed's good, everything. As a parts truck, that thing's probably worth at least 15 grand. Yeah. Those Tacomas things are, are expensive. freaking expensive. Yeah. And it's a decent model, too. It's not like a base model or anything. Right. And in that garage, that, that dude, this is where I say he probably didn't make a ton of smart choices <laughs> along the way. I think he was overly confident in the beginning that he could fix it. And he's got all these tools in there that he bought from the local parts stores, like O'Reilly's and AutoZone. He's even got a freaking engine hoist in there. <laughs> I'm like, come on, man. Yeah. Like, what were you going to do? Yeah. Like, he's like, I don't know. I was trying. I was like, kudos to you for trying. Yeah. But just the tools in that shed alone, he could sell and buy a car. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, like a little Honda Civic or something yeah. to get him around. Town. But then he wouldn't be, be able to fix up the Winnebago. <laughs> What do you mean? Like, that's probably his tools for helping fix up the Winnebago. True. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's but a good we, thing he had them. We get, well, he doesn't have them. They're in the storage unit. Oh. So he's okay. been borrowing tools. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's oh, either shit. that or he's figuring it out on his own. Okay. So, yeah. 
Okay. So maybe this. Um, maybe set up a GoFundMe if we don't have one. I considered that. He, I considered that with him. Yeah. And there are some like foundations out there that like give these, do these car giveaways. Like one of them's through progressive insurance and stuff like that. And my only like qualms with that was if we set up a GoFundMe and these other organizations see that they're going to write you off. Okay. They're gonna be like, ah, he's good. He's got to go fund me. So if we fail on the go fund, we, we failed on that. How would see they know? What I'm saying? How would they I know? Just search his name because I mean, we'd have to put his name on there. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. But I mean, we wouldn't have to raise much yeah. to get him a, to get him a point A to point B car. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm just, I'm brainstorming. I'm trying to use, you know, my limited platform. I've got some pretty good networks now. Um, even though the show size doesn't show that I've got some yeah. good names to connect to. Um, maybe I can reach out and, you know, the car, like the car to me seems like that may be something. The car may be the easy part. For yeah. me, I'm looking at, you know, yeah. what other things could money help him with? Money obviously can help him with everything. Yeah. But um, I want I want to at least give him what he needs to, uh, yeah, so a car. Is that is that his biggest need right now, the vehicle? I would say. Yeah. But we need to square away his license first. Yeah. Right? And but I'm, you got I'm, that challenge, going. I'm challenging him on that. I'm like, dude, yeah. I'm not I'm not setting shit up for you until we square you away legally. <laughs> yeah. Right? I get that. Like I don't want to go get you a car and drive around without a license. Yeah. So like he's he checks out. Like I've ran him numerous times, you know, since dealing with him on calls and everything's valid. Mm-hmm. We just need to get him that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So he can drive around with his actual license. So uh, it's a valid license. Yeah. You know what I mean? It re- the returns we get is all valid. Right. But uh, it's all not in his possession. So we need to get a copy of it. In order okay. to do that, he has to prove who he is. He doesn't even have a copy of his own birth certificate. So that's the first step. Yeah. We're getting that from Alabama. And, uh, but man, through this whole process, man, it's been very eye opening as to why so many like him end up like him. Because as soon as you lose one thing, you lose the other. Right. They don't mail. It's very you. similar to somebody getting out of prison. Yeah, it really is. It is, man. And yeah. and when such and such officer or whatever answers that call, and they don't know. Yep. That this person cares or gives a shit, and this is all they need is this one little fix right here. Yep. And all they're getting is the CTW warning. And then the next time the arrest and then here we go. And you're dealing, we're not talking about you're dealing with your common criminal. No, we're dealing with somebody that served your country. Yeah. And the other thing I did for, with Tony is I did as much digging as I could through our system in reports. And there were a few from when he was trying the shelter system. Like, is he violent? Does he have any sort of assault reporting on it? everything on him? Yeah. Which wasn't a whole lot, but everything on him was like pointed in the right direction. Just vagrancy stuff. Yeah. It was like, yeah. this dude's getting kind of a shit hand this whole time around. Yeah. It's like, we'll see what happens if we give him, you know, a little nudge. Yeah. You know what oh, I mean? I like that. Um, One of the things you brought up that I kind of curious about, in your opinion, because you've got more experience on this side of the house, but are, are the shelters educating the people that they have. Is there a program? Are there programs, at least from what you've seen, where, like you said, Tony didn't know. There was things he didn't know. And he, he's going through the shelter system. I would hope that the shelter system 
part of it's more than just making sure you're not a criminal and that you're going right. to listen to the rules. I would hope the next part of that would be some sort of education or resource building. Like, hey, okay, you're a veteran, you know, you're at our shelter. Here's some of the resources we have for you. Right. Is that not a thing? No, it is. Okay, so it is available. Yeah. That stuff is there. It's just, there. Okay. Yeah. It's just a matter of are they taking the time to mm-hmm. push I think, it? And I think at the time that Tony was trying that path, uh, he wasn't available yet or he wasn't approved yet for said benefits that he is now. Mm-hmm. And he lost his faith in the system down there like so many do. Yeah. And he ended up on my beat. So, okay. Which is pretty far removed from the from the that area. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I mean, that the shelter area is my area. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know yeah. exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. So okay, all right, okay. So in in all of this experience that you've seen with with let's just say Tony's story and whatnot, mm-hmm. what can our patrol officers take away from that? What can our community take away from that? What do they need to know to help improve the situation from here on out? Anytime you come across a homeless person that claims to be a veteran, check them out. It's easy to do. Okay. It's, it's not that big of a hurdle. And once they check out, your motivation to helping that person is probably going to change. Yeah. Like, like a different, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, all right, they told me the truth on that. Let's go to the next step. And if all they're needing is a place to stay and you've learned that they're receiving benefits, they actually have money coming Some in. Some income, yeah. Then start exploring the Operation Texas Strong. Get their application in. So for this new guy that the Hope Reach, Hope Unit uh, told me about when we went out there and met him um, just last Thursday or Wednesday, whatever, his challenge is going to be getting that application in. So, okay. yeah, in the beginning, as the officer, if you're willing to do it, you're going to probably have to hold their hand a bit and help them, you know, along those steps. Because yeah. the VA office is going to be the one that has the proof of discharge, honorable discharge, yes. right? their discharge papers. And you're going to have to figure out a way to get a copy of that for the application. Yeah. Because they, they need to know that this person's legit before they go giving them an RV. Yeah. It's called your DD-214 for anybody looking for that. So yep. Look so, for their DD-214. Yep. And they'll know. They'll know how to get it. You're, you're a homeless person. They'll, yeah. they'll know what's up. They'll be like, yeah, the VA office has it. Or, shit, I have a copy of it myself. Yeah. So, um, but once you get past those small hurdles, it's really... Nothing to it. Yeah. You, you, you call the RV part. I guarantee you, especially being in an RV part, you're probably dealing with a person that's willing to help. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Especially for this. Yeah. You tell them the story. you be like, yep, bring them in. We'll, we'll, we'll go from there. Okay. And uh, so where Tony's at now, the owner, uh, she is working with him on rent. He helps around the, the facility there. Oh, nice. Yep. He helps her with odd jobs, kind of like maintenance guy. Very cool. I think there's another guy she's kind of worked to deal with too, but uh, I just saw another mosquito. <laughs> I know I saw one too. <laughs> I, there's two in here. Yep. But okay. but there therein lies the big hurdle, right? Is getting them to that place. Yeah, finding that RV park. So Tony r- recognized that right off the bat. I saw him. That's it. It's right above you now. Damn. I see him. Just turn the lights off. <laughs> I'm gonna catch that fucker. Hashtag fuck mosquitoes. Anyway, what'd you just say? Hashtag fuck mosquitoes. Oh, they said I, never mind. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Tony's main big dream now is to have his own area that is dedicated for this. Oh, really? Like a stepping stone type place. Oh, okay. So right? he's wanting to. Yeah. Oh, okay. So. 
Okay. So what I will try to do is um, use my platform. Um, One, I want to try to get him a car. Two, I'm going to look into CN what a GoFundMe does for, because I'm not a nonprofit. Um, Right. For those that are like, oh my God, you know, like people have told me, oh, you should become a nonprofit. You can get a lot more donations, all that stuff. I don't know how to do the paperwork. I never intended this to be a business. Yeah. so I'm learning as I go. If I can make it a nonprofit down the road, I will. I just made it an LLC right away for liability purposes. Oh, smart I just, smart I, move. I just yeah. didn't want to get sued. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So I did that, and that was the cheap, easy way to start things out. But um, I will start looking to see what it takes for me to do some sort of nonprofit for him. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how that will work. Um, but definitely I will reach out to my sources and see if I can't get a – uh, a vehicle donated in some way. Um, I would assume a truck would probably be the best bet. Yeah, like a, a Ranger. You know, yeah, something yeah. Like a small pickup. Yeah, would be small ideal. pickup. That's what I was thinking too. Um, we're hoping to get him to the car show this year, uh, which is November 6th this year. The okay. Alex Viola car show. And we're hoping to get the Operation Texas Strong a table. Okay. So they can hopefully take in some donations there. Okay. So that would so be pretty badass. So people that didn't see your first episode, they're not going to understand mm-hmm. the uh, Sergeant Alex Viola uh, car show. Viola. So, sorry. I always <laughs> say Viola because it's <laughs> spelt the same fucking way. Yep. Um, which is coincidence, but that's what my daughter plays. Oh. The Viola. A Viola. The Viola. That's pronounced yes. Viola. Yes. Mm. Uh, my daughter plays Viola. Um, but. And you accuse me of being fancy. Cause... I know. Yeah. So. um Joey's uh, brother-in-law was a Green Beret. Um, he fell overseas and uh, served in his country. And a car show was created um, in his memory by his father, I believe. Yep. Frank. Right? Yeah, Frank, Frank and Peggy. Yep. Yeah. So um, they've had this Sergeant uh, Alex uh, Viola uh, <laughs> car show since what year? 2014, I think. Okay. So around 2014. And I'm not talking like. I think like it's it's a yeah well let's see been a minute it's you, huge now you and i met in 2012 in the academy mm-hmm. graduated in 13 mm-hmm. um yeah it had to be 14 then yeah because he was ka in 13 yeah november of 13 yep i can't remember if it was the next year or the year after that the car show started i can't remember yeah but been a while but uh and there's been so these car shows man uh-huh. they, they're involved you know all the family yeah. comes into town and poor frank and peggy man they take on a huge challenge oh i bet holy oh, shit just so you know i'm going to try my first uh live event okay so i'm covering the brotherhood for the fallen okay i just recently got involved in that since the i haven't been riding the bike because i've promoted and <laughs> just don't have time yeah um and wasn't doing the texas uh Oh, the Memorial Texas. The, the Memorial, yeah, right. Yeah, 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 I haven't been yeah. doing that. So I was like, I need to get in something. So yeah. um, I stopped my my uh, donation portion of my check for that because that's what I was doing through my mm-hmm. check. Um, and I switched over to the Brotherhood okay. because I thought it was something that I could take part in. So I went to my first Brotherhood for the Fallen thing, and I fell in love. Same way I fell in love yeah. with the other one. So I'm, I'm all into it now. I've been to two. Um, so i just been pushing my money towards that and, and helping out with that the best way I can. Well, now I'm going to do the live event for the gala that we do this year. So nice. uh, um, going to them, I'm going to go to the gala and 
try my hand. I've never done it before. When is it? Uh, it's in October. I couldn't okay. give you the specific date. Um, you should get tickets. As in like next month? Yeah. Oh, no shit. Yeah. So tickets are available now. Um, matter of fact. <laughs> Ticketmaster? Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. uh, this isn't for the general public. Um, not that you couldn't go. I just don't think you'll get tickets. I think it's going to be all of all of us. But, yeah, let me look real quick. I'll look at the uh, Brotherhood for the Fallen. Um, it'll be the top thing here. So I am on the site, and uh, it, it there it is. It is October 7th at 7 p.m. at uh, Randall Mill Road in Arlington. Formal attire. So it's the fourth annual Brotherhood for the Fallen Gala. He sent it to me. Yeah, well, yeah, sure. Um, Still waiting on that email, actually, for the application. They never sent you one? Are you serious? Yes. Oh, I'm going to call out Brock. Call out Brock. Yeah, Brock, for sure. <laughs> He's supposed to send that. Um, the guy that cares about people, huh? <laughs> Way to care. Um, so, yeah, I'll get Brock to do that for you. But, um, yeah, October 7th, that's the gala. Um and I'm covering it live. I've never done a live. So I got to pack this shit up. <laughs> so I'm going to be there and I'm just going to try and make you laugh the whole time. That's fine. I'll be in the audience. Uh, that That's fine. Okay. I'm only covering the beginning portion. Can I have a soundboard? No. That's my soundboard. <sighs> I'll load it up so you can press the buttons. <laughs> you just come over. That'd just be all farts, different farts. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, buddy, from here, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, the next thing that I will try to do for what you got going on is uh, maybe try to, I, I'll, I'll reach out to my contacts and see. I, I've got a couple people in mind off the top of my head, see what they have to say. Yeah. Can't promise anything, obviously, but uh, I have a feeling they'll want to help. So that's what this is about, man. And this is what I like about what we're talking about is. I, I tell people, like, people are like, well, why do you include military? I'm like, this is why I include military. Because there's this this draw to service, and, it, and it, it's all-encompassing. It's not just cops. It's not just firefighters. It's ambulance. It's nurses. It's teachers. I try to tell people it's teachers, too, I, even though I haven't had a teacher on here yet. Yeah. Um, keep trying. Probably more so than anybody. Yeah. Uh, yep. There's this, this, this duty to help in a way that I can't explain. Um, police, I think it's a little more obvious, but military, I mean, think about it. You know, I'm going, this part of my story or this part of the two cops, one donut story is going to be, we had you on, you told us this event about a military veteran and who better to help than other veterans or other active military guys. So I'm going to put that out there and I'm going to challenge my military guys, my active duty military guys, because I'm still attached to an active military unit. Um, I'm not a traditional reservist. I'm attached to a does the job 365, yep. 24-7. Well, I think as more people are aware of Tony's story, they're going to be like, that's extremely common. Yeah. How many more guys are out there? Exactly. That, nobody's that we out. just don't know about. Yeah. Because they've kind of given up, checked out or whatever. So I'm really, really hoping that through all this, it's kind of restored, you know, Tony's faith in humanity. those around him. Yeah. And, uh, Encourage other officers to just you know and take, other take the time to, yeah. to to learn the story and mm -hmm. you know I don't know just put forth a couple more seconds of effort and yeah see what you can do so 
Well, we're almost at two hours, brother. I know you got a birthday party and stuff to go to. <laughs> kids, um, kids. Kids, yeah, yep, kids yep. life. But is there anything else that you want to uh, shout out? Anything that we need to know? Well, if anybody's like interested in like about the Operation Texas Strong, like I said, I'm pretty pretty sure that we're getting them a booth table at the show. Okay. So that's at Keller Town Square, right? November okay. 6th. It's on a Sunday. It's a, probably the coolest car show you could ever go to because Alex's teammates, Green Beret teammates, are the judges, right? Okay. And they pick their best in show, and we do a live auction and all that kind of stuff. If you want to learn more about Operation Texas Strong, you come to the show, meet Bobby and Peggy, probably the most kind-hearted people you'll ever meet in your life, as you can probably imagine, yeah. for what they're doing, mm-hmm. spending their their own money on yeah. every day. That dude sends me texts every day, like pictures, like, man, we just got this one. This is amazing. We just got this one. Yeah. Holy shit. We just got this one. Another person we need to get on here. Yeah. And he's spending their own money because they'll get like a hundred bucks here and there as a donation. Right. You know what I'm saying? They've only been doing this for a little over a year. So they're still pretty new. Okay. So it's right off the ground. Yeah. And my fear is that they're going to dry up, get to a point where they just can't afford Afford to do it anymore and lose their momentum and motivation. Yeah. And this is such a valid effort. Mm Mm-hmm. It's like if they can just get the backing, yeah, you know what I mean, yeah, and this would be huge, yeah, it's, and it's so fucking easy. It's, there's nothing to it. Well, let me see what I can do, brother. I think I can help. Right. Um, I don't want to count my chickens for the hatch, but I think I can help. So sweet, it's definitely worth the time. But yeah. appreciate, appreciate you being out, buddy. Appreciate you having me, man. Not I a problem. This is good. I love it, All right, brother. Thank you.